wish we would have gotten more horror movies or more movies where Bill Paxton was being chased because him having to do a Leatherface, his his energy. <laughs> uh, what the fuck, man? <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> it would be perfect. To Catching Up on Cinema. Now, if you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is the month of May 2022, and we are in the midst of what was uh, supposed to be Masterclass Revisited Month. However, we're taking a slight detour for the next couple of weeks, and uh, we're just going to be covering some bullshit. Uh, basically, we're going to be covering some uh, recent franchise uh, films. Uh, that happen to be part of franchises that will never be covered in the masterclass no. format. So these feel like very safe picks. Very, uh, I don't know. We're, we're taking a breather before we get back to the masterclass format. But uh, let's dispel all the drama, Kyle. What what is it we're going to be talking about today? Uh, we're going to be watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2022, uh, directed by David Blue Garcia, I believe. And, yeah, we, we're doing this one because, yeah, like Trevor said, we're not going to be doing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. There's two more movies worth noting. I don't even like the second one, uh, personally. Um, so we're like, I actually wasn't even going to watch this. You had asked me if I was going to watch it. I'm like, I have no reason to watch this movie. <laughs> like, it's going to be, it's going gonna, it's gonna to suck, all right? It's, it's going to suck. Shocker, it's not as bad as what everyone else says it is. Yeah, actually, that was my gut reaction when i when i turned off the tv when the credits started to roll because there has been there has been discourse mm -hmm. about this film kyle i mean yeah. we're, as is customary we're late to the game but um on the twitters on the reddits on the social medias if you will uh people have been tearing this one a new one yeah. uh people really don't like this movie for the most part yeah. i mean of course there's dissenting opinions here and there but in general people shit on this movie mm -hmm. and my my opinion of it was as soon as the credits started rolling, I was like, "Well, that was fine." Oh, did you catch the stinger? I did not. Oh, well, wow! For for once, Kyle has a surprise for me. It's a stinger, not a stinker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm I'm excited to hear that. Although, I'm not going to spoil it right here and now. We will be going through this movie front to back. Uh, yeah, going back to our usual format for a minute here, but um, I I would like to point out I did quite like the ending. Um. Do you want to talk about our um, our histories with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, I mean, it, it is part of a big franchise, like a yeah. huge franchise, yeah. unexpectedly huge. Because honestly, if you look at the DNA of that first film, it doesn't feel like it was intended to be one. But here we are in 2022, still making these movies on fucking Netflix, of all things. Well, much like the iconic horror movies from the 70s and 80s that go on to have six or seven or even eight installments, uh, most of it sucks, except for the <laughs> first one. <laughs> Uh, with the exception of Evil Dead. I think Evil Dead is the only one that actually just keeps... It keeps giving. It keeps giving you stuff. I'm actually very impressed with the Evil Dead franchise. But uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I my buddy let me borrow the VHS of the original uh, sometime in middle school or high school. 
uh, I thought it was very a very scary movie. Uh, I didn't like the production. Like I didn't really like how it was shot. You know, back then it was it looked a little crappier. Uh, you can appreciate it more as an adult, and I have rewatched it as an adult. Uh, I think Leatherface, uh, especially from that first movie, and even from the remake uh, from like two thousand two, two thousand three, um, totally decent. That movie's totally decent. But I think Leatherface is a terrifying um, uh, horror villain, in my opinion. I think he's probably the one that holds up the best. Um, and I think this movie also kind of works because he's still he's not as menacing as that original one, but this Leatherface is still pretty menacing. So. Like I said, I don't like the rest of the... Fr- I, I've only seen the second one of the franchise, the rest of the franchise. The other ones, I'm like, I'm not. We will be getting to one for uh, a month that we have planned. Next, I think it's next month. There is one that I do want to cover <laughs> because of the, the VHS cover. Um, but yeah, I... Other than like the first one and the original, I don't really care to... I haven't really gone on to any of the rest of the franchise, personally. Okay, well, my connection to the franchise is very similar. Funny enough, I in high school I had a friend who was really, really big on this franchise. Uh, chainsaws in general. He was mm-hmm. he was a strange fellow. <laughs> How's he doing these very, days? Very nice guy. He, he lives in Duval, <laughs> where he belongs. <laughs> Shots fired. Um, anyway, I mean, I hope he's listening. Actually, mm-hmm. um, anyway, um, my connection to this franchise is very very slight Mm -hmm. um i only just saw the original film the other day uh i of course know it by reputation but in in preparation quote preparation for viewing this film um i decided you know i should probably see where this all came from like where it all began um but beyond that of all things i did see the 2003 uh, texas chainsaw massacre film um it has its moments um I'm not a big fan of the overall look and vibe of it. Like, yeah. it it's a little try-hard, honestly, but it's pretty solid fucking violence in there, mm-hmm. um, and it's not a lazy effort. Like, no. from a production design standpoint, from a lighting and, and prop design standpoint, there's some shit going on in that movie. It's it's a high-class effort. It's just it's not quite what I would have wanted. It was a weird time for that subgenre. I did... So there's three movies I've walked out of. The Batman, 2022. Uh <laughs> Titanic when I was a kid um, water the water stuff was freaking me out um, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre the beginning my buddy and I uh, went to like the two dollar movies to watch it and it was we sat down and it already started a little bit and it was insanely violent and we're just like I'm actually not in the mood for this let's go like it was it was a bit too much for us at the time yeah I forgot that story because I remember a long time ago you had told me that you walked out of that one and that, that it was particularly brutal mm-hmm. so at least the scene that we were watching, and we were, we were in full disclosure, we were stoned. <laughs> now, see, folks at home, there's a thing that happens where pretty much any time Kyle tells me he hates a thing or is repulsed by a thing, I gots to know. <laughs> I got I, I to know. Like, I got to go run out and see it. So now now that I've remembered that, it's like, I'm going to watch it. Like, I guess we got a whole fucking week of Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> Um, but I will say, I, I, like I said, I did watch Toby Hooper's original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think from 74, maybe 73, around there. 74. Um, and I thought it was phenomenal. It's great. I thought, like, the huge difference maker for that one, and this comes this comes down to, like, a lot of what makes these particular movies the ones that spawn franchises, is just the sheer filmmaking talent on display. 
that movie's really well put together. Mm-hmm. Like um, the cinematography, that like for a very very low budget affair, like it looks like a fucking film. Mm-hmm. There's some like dolly shots and some very highly coordinated and choreographed shots in there. That's like yeah, I can tell even with no money, this person has the goods. Very similar to like John Carpenter working on Halloween, where it's like he and I think it was Dean Kundi uh, who did the cinematography for that one. It's like yeah. These guys don't have a whole lot of resources, but good God, the results speak for themselves. And by extension, you also have like George Miller and and Mad Max and stuff. It's like low budget Australian film that all you have to do is look at the shots and the ambition on display with the filmmaking. It's like, yeah, this guy's going places and look what happened. Mm-hmm. Toby Hooper is actually on my very short list of directors that I'd like to see everything they ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd really love to just do a deep dive on his filmography someday because I've, I've, there's always been like kind of a, an allure to his body of work to me because he he's a, seems like a strange fella. Where I mean, he didn't direct Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, but just his <laughs> sensibilities are difficult to pin down because the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is an unrelentingly brutal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and Very part much. of what makes it notable is that it has a, it has a layer of reality to it that other subsequent slasher films when we had a slasher genre later on would would dis would dispose of but that one feels very real and very it feels very immediate like the danger and the tension and whatnot but then when he revisits his own franchise with that second film which i've only experienced through reviews and clips and stuff the tone is it's a it's fucking warner brothers cartoon it's completely different it's insanely yeah. bloody but there's an air of, of fun and goofiness to Very it. And much. for fuck's sake, the poster for that movie was aping The Breakfast Club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the same guy revisiting his own his own thing. Okay, so he directed a movie with Klaus Kinski and Oliver Reed called Venom. So, easy. Sign, sign Kyle up. Uh, <laughs> Bam, right there. Got me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the only other Toby Hooper movie you and I have talked about at length was Life um, Force. Life Force. Um, which I think is getting like a super duper Blu-ray or 4K soon. I would get that. I don't know if I would get it, but that movie is nutty and a lot of fun. <laughs> it's nutty, but a Blu-ray, a Blu-ray cut of that would be nice to see. Yeah, and the last thing I guess I'll say about Toby Hooper is like um, beyond that, like his his ability to embrace special effects technology and integrate it into his narratives has all. It's it's almost like Robert Zemeckis, the Back to the Future guy. Um, the back to the he's done other things yeah. <laughs> I'm just speaking in shorthand here yeah. but similar skill set in that he seems to be big on embracing technology and putting it to good use to tell stories and whatnot um, but this is not a Toby Hooper movie we're mm-hmm. talking about but um, that's the extent of my connection to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre so I guess all I'll say is that I saw the first one saw the remake first one's excellent remake is fine digestible yeah it's digestible it, it didn't give me the shits <laughs> a good arlie ermy he's a piece of he's a heel in that movie um, yeah he had he had a streak there in the late 90s early 2000s where he was just doing that yeah. where he's just showing up as an asshole yeah and it's like it, it's so like, good at yeah it. he's so good at it. like even in that piece of shit willard movie it's like yeah he's pretty good at this <laughs> i went to school with a guy who's an ex-marine and like Arlie Army was obviously an ex-Marine, and he. Uh, <laughs> you think? Yeah. Uh, so he 
so he would like he kept the fucking haircut. <laughs> he, would, he said he would come to base and then like people would come up to get his autograph and stuff. And he would uh, he would roast them. Like he would just be up there chain smoking Marlboro Reds and he would just be like, "You piece of shit!" Like, <laughs> just doing the Arnold everything. Like that sounds like fun. That'd be a blast. Ow. Rip off your head and shit down your throat. <laughs> he has two movies where he's a he's a fucking pain in the ass drill instructor. <laughs> he had uh, a TV show too, oh where he would just like test out heavy ordnance and stuff and go woo. He's an, he was an American treasure. He was great. He kind of was. He was. <laughs> anyway, uh, Kyle, where is the, where where are we now? Are so we, we're, are we're, we at the present? Yeah, let's let's talk about this movie. So uh, apparently, this I mean, you can pretty much infer watching this movie like they saw Halloween is it Halloween just 2018 it's just yeah okay yeah Uh, (laughs) no no subtitle just Halloween Halloween Kills is the most recent one Um, they saw Halloween and uh, I think what they pretty much did with this movie is that we're acknowledging the first movie the first movie for sure happened with this movie but we're not acknowledging any of the other ones which is what they did with the the new Halloween Um, this is 48 years later Uh, we get like kind of an opening thing where we're learning, we hear about the Leatherface story. I heard about the, was it four or five teenagers get lost in Texas and the one girl gets away. So there's one living person. Um, put a pin in her because she will come back. Uh, but yeah, 48 years later, um, and we get a group of kids. This this gas station, I'm pretty sure is the same gas station. For, it looked like the same gas station from No Country for Old Men. Uh, it looked the exact same, the interior did. Yeah, I, I don't know about that based on the filming locations. Yeah, the filming locations. Yeah. Um, but well, where is, were the reshoots at? Was there any reshoots? Or? Uh, I'm fairly certain there were, but I'm not sure exactly <laughs> where those were. But um, yeah, that that's kind of our plot summary. The major thing that you need to take away from that is that uh, we're doing we're giving this the Godzilla treatment, where all them other Godzilla movies was bullshit. Yeah, the first one though, that one's real. That one happened, and uh, that that's always been kind of the the template for Godzilla sequels is that it's like all oh, that other bullshit when he was like doing dances and, and fighting fighting three headed dragons on the moon that shit didn't happen. <laughs> I won't get into why I was there, but I stopped by a comic book store yesterday oh. and I found a Godzilla vs Power Rangers comic. I, yes, I almost got it for you, but I'm like, nah, when's he gonna? He's not gonna want that. But I, I mean, if you got it, I would read it. The novelty of it, I'm just like the Power Rangers versus Godzilla. I'm like, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, multiverse is everywhere now, man. Like, the kids are all about the multiverse. Like, like the kids are all about all of their toys thrown into one big pile. One big pile? It was one big pile of shit. Uh, <laughs> I'll, get us back. I'll get us back on track. Um, yeah, so, um, you were saying, the we're, like, done away with everything else, but I forgot to give the plot summary of this. Sure, um, go for The it. plot is, which is, okay, uh, <laughs> a group of Gen Zers are investing these kids are like 22 they are investing in a ghost town to make it a soto sopa basically they're just gonna it's a i guess a group of young chefs that are just gonna buy up real estate in the middle of fucking nowhere and they're gonna turn it into something uh and leatherface is there for some fucking reason and it, I'm just gonna let you know that it doesn't happen. It's not gonna go through. <laughs> <laughs> the business deal doesn't go the through. The business deal's not going it's through. Like, sorry, we've not we've decided to not sign off on your park, uh, yeah. Zoomers. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's our basic plot summary. But um, I wasn't expecting to have anything to say about this uh, from a like a production background standpoint. But I, I, there are a couple of things that I think are worth tossing out there that probably not awesome. everybody's aware of. 
Uh, so I'm going to toss away. Toss. <laughs> so uh, this film is directed by David Blue Garcia, mm-hmm. who, if you look up his IMDb, he has a couple of films. I don't think they got widespread distribution. They seem like they're very small films. Um, I thought he did okay with this, actually. Totally fine. Um, but a major thing to point out is that he was not uh, originally assigned to the project. Who was? Um, apparently it was Ryan and Andy Tohill were signed on as directors and I did a little digging and apparently they actually shot scenes like they were on the set they actually started production and they were excused from the project Hmm. due to creative differences Um, and then this David Blue Garcia guy was brought in and he finished the thing and apparently he apparently he did not use anything that they shot but but it was I think a few weeks so it was it was not nothing that they did so right off the bat, a little bit of a shaky start to this yeah. project. Um, other major thing to point out is that this is produced, and this actually ties it back to something Kyle mentioned earlier, uh, Fede Alvarez. This is produced by Fede Alvarez, who gave us the Evil Dead remake. Mm. And as far as I know, he's currently attached to the Alien franchise going forward. There's another one. They're doing yeah. another one. Um, very and excited. I was very pleased with, with that Evil Dead remake. That's what I'm saying. The Evil Dead's been... Yeah, Evil Dead's fine. Evil Dead's been fine. It's doing just fine. My, my <laughs> least favorite is Army of Darkness, and that's including the Evil Dead, Ash versus Evil Dead series. Yeah, so I, overall, it's a great franchise. Yeah, and a major thing that's different about that one is um, something that you get with some of these horror franchises, where oftentimes there's like a, a shepherd for the franchise. Mm. Um, I don't know how much of a connection Sam Raimi has to Evil Dead these days. Mm. Um, did he direct like an episode or two of the show? I, he had to have. Ted Raimi was all over it. He definitely produced it. He there. He had to have at some point. I didn't check who directed each episode, okay. but it, I'm pretty sure he's probably done one. Okay. Well, I mean the you know the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise had you know Wes Craven at the helm initially, and then mm. he bowed out almost immediately due to <laughs> like a variety <laughs> of reasons. But you know you also have Bob Shea at, at New Line and whatnot, but. Um, and then the the uh, the Chucky franchise, the Child's Oof. Play franchise. There's I forget the name of the fella, but I believe he's a producer. He's kind of had his talents dug in on that franchise since day one. And it's created this unique ecosystem where there's been a singular creative voice driving the whole thing from beginning to end. Uh, we don't have that with Texas Chainsaw, unfortunately, because no. Toby Hooper passed away. Um, and as far as I know, he was never particularly married to the franchise, especially when he kind of takes a big steaming shit on it with his second at go. I don't think it was out of disrespect. It was more just like, I'm not here to repeat myself, yeah. folks. I'm here to go work with fucking Steven Spielberg. <laughs> uh, Sam Raimi directed the uh, pilot episode of Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Um, yeah, I've never, I never understood that, but I'm, I'm, I guess I'm starting to understand now, like why. Like we're like, why wouldn't you come back to the franchise? Why, why wouldn't they come back to it? It's like somebody who's create like artistically creative is like, I want to do different shit. Yeah. And like it, I'm like, it's a bummer to you guys. Yeah, but it's like I already accomplished what I wanted to possibly with that. Like, I don't need to come back. I don't have anything to prove with this property. I mean, if you take a glance at Toby Hooper's filmography, it's all over. The place. It's all over the place. It's very true, and it's kind of cool because that's part of why I'm interested in the guy. Same with Coppola. It's. His filmography is all over the place too. Scorsese also. Yeah, that's uh, true. He he loves to just 
do whatever the fuck. Yeah. I mean, no, he's, he has a children's film under his belt. Hugo. Coppola did fucking Jack. He's got like foreign <laughs> language films under his belt. He's got concert films. He, he, he makes the best films, like the song says. Well, I watched that interview with Coppola and he, uh, he was just like, yeah, I, I like going into projects where I have no idea what I'm doing and then learn along the way. Like, that yeah. seems unique to him. Yeah, very unique to him. <laughs> but the other side of that is that some creatives uh, have a an itch that they can't quite scratch mm. where you can see it. And where Kyle was talking at me about a uh, Hans Zimmer and his, mm. his uh, musical compositions for Gladiator and Pirates of the Caribbean and something that happens occasionally th- this isn't across the board for everybody is that sometimes there's that feeling of I need to take another crack at that mm. and you can actually see them repeating themselves just a little bit because they maybe there's a feeling of uncertainty like they haven't perfected it yet Purge so that, they're, yeah. they're not ready to move on yet um, anyway, that's that's a totally different discussion. <laughs> um, but uh, last thing I guess I'll say about this one is that um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was shot in Bulgaria, mm. um, and I I watch a lot of direct-to-video schlock. You do? I do. I watch a lot of Scott Adkins films, mm-hmm. a lot of late-era Stallone films as well. Um, oh, some of which have been shot in Bulgaria, and I will say this much: I am almost one hundred percent positive the same field, if not the same house, from Rambo Five, is the old woman's house in this film. Oh, <laughs> you're like when you see Gremlins or Back to the Future, you're like it's the same thing. It's the same. It's the same place. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't take it that far. That that's pretty obvious. But like, Bulgaria has a color palette to it. It's it's this kind of like blasted earth. Like everything's a little bit dead kind of look to it. Gotcha. I'm sure Bulgaria is a lovely place. Last thing I'll say that's totally off topic. I have noticed a shocking number of major productions um, being shot in Malta in the past couple of years. Where's Malta? I don't even fucking know, Kyle. I'm an American. goddammit. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, have, I out of nowhere, I, I I'm guessing there's like tax incentives or something. Probably because that's yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a Scott Atkins film coming out and a Jurassic World Dominion, both shot in Malta. I I can think of at least one other action film being shot in Malta. It's very strange. Came out of nowhere. Before we jump back in, um, it's just it's just vaguely in Europe. It's it's, it's uh, vaguely European. It's just vaguely European. <laughs> Have you ever seen a franchise get progressively worse with their trailers? Like the Jurassic Park, like Jurassic World. It's like I'll watch it. it. Doesn't look great. The second one that looks stupid, and the third one like what? They're getting progressively worse looking. I wow. It hadn't occurred to me until you mentioned it, but you are one hundred percent right because that second. Fallen Kingdom had that that weird remix of the Jurassic Park theme that was meant to sound like ominous and foreboding. Mm-hmm. It was like these stretched out like violin notes that was meant to sound like a horror film, which the film kind of turns into yeah. when you get to its third act. But from an advertising standpoint, I'm like, what the? This is like Avengers Age of Ultron where we're taking the Pinocchio song and making <laughs> it sound all scary and ethereal. Yeah. It's like, this is not working, not guys. Working. <laughs> but yeah, the trailer for this new one is fucking horrible. 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 You. I was getting Independence Day resurgence flashbacks, and the worst part of that is that Jeff Goldblum is also in that film, and it's yeah. also a universal... <laughs> pro- no, it's not a universal, it's a Fox production. He's no longer a selling point for movies. That's done. It's over with. No, you, you but yeah, Jurassic us. World Dominion looks awful. Fucking terrible. I was getting, like the forever war future war vibes like that chris pratt pile of shit the amazon movie I was, I was getting those vibes where it's like oh 
So you mean this is another Chris Pratt movie where he has to knife fight a monster in the snow? This is two different movies, Kyle. <laughs> that should not be a staple of your filmography that's repeated more than once. It's, it's, it looks awful. Yeah. Um, so Texas Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, so we've, like we said, we got we got these YA young adults uh, <laughs> headed to uh, Austin, and uh, we get a confrontation here at this little gas station um, with this, I, I guess it's not even really a confrontation. They see a redneck dude with a gun, and she just is like, how small does your dick have to be to carry around a gun? I'm like, it's Texas. People have been carrying around guns since Texas. <laughs> <laughs> even if he doesn't have a reason for it, like people just have guns on their hips. Open carry's been like a part of Texas for a really long time. Well, and the weird part, too, is that I think, I don't know if she is, but I think most of the group that she's with are from Austin. They live in Austin. They're, yeah, yeah. 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 Not from Austin. <laughs> they live in Austin. They live in Austin. <laughs> they pay their taxes in Austin. They're going to call. They just graduated from university. Yeah. yeah. Um, but th- there's a couple interesting little details in that scene that I thought were kind of neat, where the film actually opens with like a, like a, a television documentary Mm. Uh, recounting the story yeah. of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, narrated by John Larroquette, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's playing on a t- like the camera zooms out, and we see that it's actually playing on a TV at the gas station. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, so this is establishing, it's yeah. telling the viewer that that did happen. It's it's an event that occurred in this world and has affected the world and is part of the local history. Um, and also, I, I noticed that like when the uh, when the credits are scrolling, there's a, a sound that plays. Like there's there's like a chainsaw rip. But there's yeah. there's some interesting sound design in this movie. Actually, good sound design, which I, is which is an interesting detail. Uh, I was gonna say like the storytelling in this is concise. Maybe that's what people had a problem with it because we're used to like two and a half hour long movies. It's like no, they're just like pay attention because <laughs> it's coming at you quick. Yeah, I heard it posited that um, possibly there's a subplot that was snipped out. out um but i i got enough honestly yeah. like i didn't feel like i missed anything and i feel like if you're going to make this kind of movie this movie is 81 minutes long mm-hmm. that's what i want yeah like i don't want to sit around and get to know these people any more than i already do <laughs> like fuck that noise so from from my standpoint i was fine with that but there are some people that felt like there was there was a feeling that something got yanked out of the movie that was probably it intended to be expanded upon. I I agree with that, but I'm not missing it. I feel like I got enough, and from a thematic standpoint, I feel like the film actually comes full circle pretty well. I feel like it was with the young girl. I feel like her. I feel yeah, like that, that's what had, I'm alluding to. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that when we get to that. But the other thing in the truck stop is the merch that I thought was oh, fascinating. Yeah, because I was wondering, because it comes back, the corkscrew that she gets comes back <laughs> later. I'm like, where the fuck did she pull that from? It's a it's a chainsaw corkscrew, yeah. and she's like, here, you can use this to open your champagne. She's like, you don't need a corkscrew for champagne, dummy. Because yeah. she's literally like 18 years old. She's yeah. a child. But that, that's like one of those very simple, like very pedestrian, very fundamental like screenplay things where it's just like, yeah, plantings and payoffs. It's yeah. like, if that's good, if you want that prop to mean something later on, you should probably set it up earlier, and yeah. they, they do it. It's it's clunky, but it works. It works. Um, and it, it it it's not the only piece of merch in that building, though. There's like mm-hmm. T-shirts and there's shit everywhere. Like yeah. you can tell that the locals, despite the horrors of that event, it's 
been many many years like but they're still cashing in on it so they they have a strange relationship with that with that it's not healthy i mean i don't think i don't think washington's gonna have stuff commemorating the green river killer at any point i mean jesus no of course not (laughs) and there could be some social social commentary at work there i think there probably is yeah Yeah, but i i found that to be kind of fascinating Mm -hmm. where it's like oh so the locals are cashing in on this shit okay that's healthy um but (laughs) the the guy behind the counter uh, refers to them as gentry fuckers (laughs) i thought that was good they had such i actually was surprised at their their interaction with this guy because when i saw him he is just i'm just gonna give you a name and you know exactly who i'm talking about buford this guy is buford (laughs) he is a 300 pound redneck man with a sweaty shirt and a shitty little gas station these two girls are young they're literally like 18 and 22 like they're they're very young i thought it was going to be a very different interaction but the young girl actually has very healthy interactions with uh, the people in this town surprisingly yeah actually like the, i was expecting and maybe this is because it's somewhat of a convention of the genre i was expecting more tension yeah like more butting of heads like like it's they touch on it and it's actually kind of clever how they they present it as something that is going to be a problem but then by by the time it could turn into a problem it's like oh no we got real problems now (laughs) so it's like we don't have time for that this movie's got to go um but yeah i was kind of surprised it's like you know in these movies you you half expect that that's going to be part of the drama Mm -hmm. it's like you're not from around here are you yeah shit like that but i don't know that our cast is capable of doing that good of a texas accent no Um, which brings us to another little factoid i wanted to toss out there i had two actually one that i forgot Um, toyed me this is it i'm swear i'm done for anybody out there who gets bored by this shit but um (laughs) apparently this movie um this is a legendary production um and I think I recognize the yeah, legendary is noticeable even for me. I notice that. Yeah, leg- they have a really iconic yeah. like branding. Like they they have a good logo, mm-hmm. and also a lot of people associate them with uh, Christopher Nolan, or at least they used to. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's the case anymore. He has his own thing. I think it's Syncope, um, but a lot of his films came from Legendary. Also, the Godzilla films, oh. uh, the recent ones. Um, but I think uh, the rights to this film were obtained by Legendary. Okay. Uh, so if memory serves I think it was like Lionsgate or something who owned it before um, and this film was they picked up the rights to it after they had expired from Lionsgate and the mm-hmm. way that that often happens in the film industry is you fail to put out a new product yeah. within like a five year window or an eight year window or something so I, was, <laughs> I couldn't help but think of the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie mm-hmm where the whole impetus for that film's production was there was an obscure German production company that wanted to retain the creative rights to the Fantastic Four, so it's like, we gotta, it's gotta play on one screen in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> Get going, Raj. Get going. <laughs> so, like, part of me is like, did, did Legendary, like, hustle to get this movie out there just so they could hold on to the the franchise or something it feels like it i mean it kind of does because from a scripting standpoint there's not a whole lot here (laughs) um but other thing is um and i didn't look this up until kyle got to my apartment so like right before we turned on the mics um i just tossed out there i wonder how many people in this film are british (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> a lot to vary. A lot to vary. <laughs> um, because I did note that the film was shot in Bulgaria. Actually, I sussed that out. I was like, this looks like I've been here before. <laughs> I've seen Scott Adkins kick people in this place before. I'm catching now when actors. I, I realize it's when actors have to scream. That's when their that's when their accent breaks. I was watching Hellboy. Uh, I think it was the first one, and one of the guys in there. He's American in the movie, and then he screams. I'm like, oh, he's British. And I looked it up. I'm like, yeah, he's 100. Yeah, percent Just yeah. ask uh, Hugo Weaving to pronounce an R or say the word "pala." <laughs> um, but yeah, I, to no surprise at all, a lot of this cast is not from around here. Um, yeah. In fact, the, this old old fellow, this Buford, as Kyle calls him, uh, is played by Sam Douglas, who I recognized as one of the principal actors in the video game the quant i think it's a quantic dream production of uh your uh, voice was asking me a question there uh, yeah up, upward, upward intonation <laughs> I, I own the fucking game i played it it's a uh, heavy rain okay um i recognize him because i'm that game is comprised of performance capture characters so everybody in the game has a real life counterpart that looks largely the same so i was like oh hey that's the heavy rain guy <laughs> Um, but yeah, that our film opens in this truck stop encounter, um, and my note says here Kyle drives up drives up in a truck. <laughs> Kyle pulls up in a truck. It's not me. It's uh, not Kyle. I was just joking. No, I thought it was the I thought it was the oldest Hemsworth um, at first, but yeah, this redneck and Melody is our main character more or less. Uh, her younger sister Lila. Uh, oh, they're, they're sisters? I think so. I believe. I was very confused. <laughs> I thought that they were they were sisters. I was like, is she adopted, or are they, are they like, are they a couple? Because I, I was thinking they were a couple. No, so I were they? I don't know. Kyle. <laughs> I got I, the way she the way she talks to her. She feels more protective of her. So I thought it was her I mean, sister. It's such a thing as like you know relationships like that where <laughs> i didn't get that vibe but i mean uh, i don't know yeah i wasn't <laughs> sure um well because dante like explicitly states like he's dating the one girl who's like is this your wife or she's like future and she gives like a face like huh so <laughs> i guess they were kind of together but i don't know i they are they have some kind of close relationship well, either way we have two short gals uh blonde gal and Dante. And Dante. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're the only characters, really. But Melody, you can kind of tell she's the main character because she's kind of like saying under her breath very loudly so this guy can hear. Uh, and he, he hears it. And he he's actually really, like, you'd think he'd be more of a dick about it, but he's just like, something, something, Texas. I don't want people to tell me what to do. I'm going to leave now. Yeah, he uh, actually is pretty aggro with them. He, he gives her the spiel. He gives he gives her the spiel about wild hogs. Wild hogs! Yeah. <laughs> um, being a problem in Tejas. And the only way to deal with the invasive species is to eradicate them. Yeah. On site. It's like, uh... <laughs> okay, I'm leaving now. Yeah, if I hear there's wild hogs around here, fuck. <laughs> wild hogs! <laughs> um... Uh, but yeah, they get in their autopilot car. Tesla. They get in their yeah, Tesla. Their, their Tesla. I'm pretty sure it's a Tesla. I don't know if we see it, but um, he, I, yeah, it's it's some sort of electric car that has autopilot. Uh, he. This was. I'm like, they've got their windows down. Absolutely not. That's got juicy air conditioning. I am not got my windows down in dusty tech, quote unquote Texas. Do, do you, 
an entire field of dead sunflowers. <laughs> yeah. Like I got po- I got pollen issues in Seattle when it's raining. raining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I woke up sneezing today and it's so raining. did I. Kyle. It sucks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he 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 overtakes them and he you know gives them the exhaust and they're like, oh, what a dick. Um, and then he gets past them and the cops pull them over. Yeah. Yeah, like he passes them all aggro like, and like his his truck is spraying exhaust. I was getting some Jeepers Creepers vibes there. Um, the sheriff pulls them over, and immediately I was like, "Hey, you're, you're always an asshole, you're Gorman." Always, you're always an asshole, Gorman. <laughs> uh, this is William Hope, uh, who plays the sheriff, and um, Gorman. If you're not familiar, folks at home, plays the lieutenant. That's the lieutenant character from James Cameron's Alien. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. And if you haven't seen it in a while, you should watch it. Yeah, just uh, just like if you're listening to this podcast, you should watch it. You're <laughs> watching it annually, really. Uh, yeah, it. I mean, for it's me, a, it's it, it's it, an annual. Yeah, Sometimes it, biannual. <laughs> honestly, it's an anytime fucking movie, and it's very fucking frustrating because yeah. the girlfriend hasn't seen it, oh. and I'm in the mood for it constantly. And we just can't get to it. <laughs> Is she a movie talker? Occasionally. She she has issues with logic and films. Oh, then, she, then she's then you two are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we have it like uh, you'd expect again. I think they they they're like we're not gonna have uh, like a uh, conflict with the cops, the local police, because that's also something that uh, tends to happen. Uh, we have a decent interaction with the sheriff here. Yeah, um, um, a yeah. lot of it. Com- it starts out kind of hostile. He's basically saying like you're again you're not, not from, from around, around here. here. You're not from around here, are you? But it's not it's not uh, uh, Brian Dennehy and Rambo or First Blow, whatever that is, where he's like. Get, like fucking turn around and go the other way dude. Yeah. yeah that that's a hostile encounter <laughs> you know say what say what you will about like stallone and his acting ability and some of the, the the politics of those later rambo films that first one pretty fucking pretty fucking good it's pretty good and brian denny he had a lot to do with that um but yeah it, it starts out a little bit hostile because he knows that they're coming into town and it's basically a ghost town mm-hmm. and he it's of, of course wary of them like upending the place or something yeah. but um the one gal uh, mel or melody yeah she kind of wins him over because apparently her mother is from there yeah and <laughs> kyle's eyebrows went up he's like really really okay didn't see that coming but nope. as she she tosses at him a, a phrase um it's like harlow sunflower blooms when the harlow sunflower blooms winter is doomed and he like finishes the, the the phrase back to her so it's like yeah. a, they form a connection so he he sends them on their way with a smile i'm surprised she didn't do the, the stars at night are big and bright and he goes <laughs> to texas well i mean all you need to do is have a shot of like a, a hero shot of just like his spurred boot yeah stepping out of the car and he's in the eyes of the texas chainsaw <laughs> eyes of the texas chainsaw are oh, upon you uh, put a pin in that because Sally definitely comes in like a Texas Ranger. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> you think? Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, we 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 get to the town and it looks like it it is a legit ghost town. Like there's nothing, absolutely nothing in this town. Um, but yeah, they I guess they're going to relocate and they've already bought a piece of property and then they have a bus full of investors that are coming later that day who are also. 21 or 22 these all have to be trust fund kids like i have no idea how they're accomplishing this on just being this young yeah this i want to say this a lot of this movie and this is a kind of a netflix movie i i I watched one of those last night i'm starting to notice like what happens when your data 
is weaponized against you as a viewer mm. like you get some curious like ideas thrown in a blender kind of i like films it's, where, like, a, it's, it's like artificial intelligence writing a movie no what i likened it to and i don't know how deep of a cut this is these days because i haven't watched the fucking show in two decades um south park mm. the family guy episode where they show oh. the writing process for a Family Guy. Episode, it's great. Yeah. Where it's a bunch of manatees grabbing these little balls. That yes. have, it's like Mad Libs, but it's selected at random by manatees, <laughs> just picking like nouns and, and words and stringing them together. It's like Mr. T goes to a lemonade stand and X happens. I hope they never stop. I'm still watching South Park. <laughs> See, I, I haven't touched it in a very long time, oh, but I've yeah. never been disappointed. You it's, H- it's just I haven't followed it. You have HBO Max? I do. Just go back to like season 15 and just start it from there. Okay. It, it's well, great. But yeah, that's what I, I like in the creative process too. And what I'm getting at here is that this felt like maybe a little bit of an allusion to like the, the fire festival kind of bullshit. Mm. It's just like a, bring, in a, bring in a whole bunch of like kids with cell phones to a fucking disaster zone. Well, it's, it's like we're going to gentrify. Uh, instead of going in, yeah, it's, it's kind of like we're going to like, we're going to bring this place back basically well and i think it's also worth noting that both the film i watched last night and the film uh we're talking about now very much feel like they are they're being presented to millennials but featuring a lot of gen z yeah (laughs) so there's a lot of negative commentary towards the latter (laughs) because the target audience is in our relative age range for sure yeah uh, we're gonna kill these Gen Zers. That's what's yeah. gonna happen in this movie. <laughs> no fucking joke. But uh, Dante steps out of the car and he's like, "Behold the joys of late stage capitalism." Okay. Yikes! Uh, and uh, I noticed that Mel. I don't even. I didn't even catch the context because I just had to look up from my notes. I was like, "What?" <laughs> she said. She said like this. Is, this place could be an opportunity or like a, a place for people to escape all the violence and the madness. Yeah, all the violence and the it's madness. Like, the fuck do you live <laughs> like, like in austin like in austin in austin's pretty nice is there a lot of violence and madness in austin? but um, i think it, they said it's like this place harlow is like seven hours from austin by the way yeah it's, it's a seven hour drive from where they came from yeah and there's i don't think there was anything on the way <laughs> i know which from a business stand from a business planning standpoint it's like is that wise i don't think so i don't think there's an airfield nearby <laughs> no uh, yeah unless you create an airfield yeah jesus christ um, <laughs> yeah so uh, they get they meet um the truck guy truck guy's there again richter i think is his See name you're the party richter <laughs> um yeah, so they, they meet Richter. I don't know what he's like. This is the guy I talked to. So is he the land? Is he the 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 guy that owns the play? I don't understand why he. I, th- talked I to- think he's like a handyman, oh. or, or he's like a caretaker. So he's there to clean the place up mm-hmm. for auction. Yeah. So the house, the house that they're gonna uh, go to, is this the orphanage? That's that's where yeah. most of the action takes place. Yeah. By the way, he thinks they're a cult. I actually thought that was pretty funny. He's like, yeah, it sounds like a cult. <laughs> <laughs> well, because yeah, they explained their master stroke to him, and he's like, yeah, it sounds like a cult. <laughs> so there are three people that live in this town right now: Leatherface, his mom, and this guy, and Richter. And they're de- yeah, R- Richter. Yeah, yeah, Richter. They are going to. There's no way with with their plans for this town. There's no way that they're gonna be able to afford to live there. No, <laughs> they are. Get the fuck out! <laughs> oh, you've been here your whole life. Put your mama in the wheelbarrow. Get and the fuck skedaddle. out! <laughs> well, you better get the fuck out. 
<laughs> you are not welcome here anymore. Yeah. But they don't. They they get to the orphanage. Is like there's not supposed to be somebody living here, and this woman is living here. They with see her a son. Confederate flag yeah. hanging out the window, and Dante, who is an African American gentleman, yeah. takes takes umbrage with that. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, that's got to go. Um, that's got to go. Especially considering that there's people coming here. Yeah. And then we have a sit down with this old lady, and they're just like, yeah, you're not supposed to be here, and they're not. They're really rude about this. Um, yeah. This was pretty bad. They're like. Hi, listen, so we talked to the bank, and they they cleared you out, so you, you gotta fucking go. You should probably go live in, a, in an old folks home, too. That's better for you. Yeah, they just barge into the place. Because, I mean, they are under the assumption that no one is living here. Yeah. But they just, like, help themselves to the property, and they're rooting around and shit. And there's a, a bit where Mel Melody uh, looks at a photo on the wall, and it's, like, uh, class of 75, and it's just a bunch of kids sitting on the porch, and a, a woman... And then there's a big hulking dude behind them yeah. whose face is obscured appropriately. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, oh, I think I know who that is. I mean, I, I did put on the movie knowing that it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We, if... I have expectations. Um, and yeah, Alice Kriege, uh, South Africa's Alice Kriege, uh, makes her appearance here. Uh, this is the old woman. Oh. Um, and my note here says, Alice Kriege looking like Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's mean, but... Look at the bone structure, folks. Uh, I see it. That, maybe that's just me. Um, but she she has a cute line here. I wish I knew y'all were coming. I'd put my face on. <laughs> <laughs> and she offers them sweet tea, as you would expect. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Um, but she they sit down with her for a minute, and uh, she has a big old oxygen tank yeah. that she's carting around, by the way. And uh, she ran the orphanage. And, uh, yeah, this this very quickly gets very ugly. To I have a thing about, like, mistreatment of the elderly, yeah. especially old ladies, old biddies. Yeah. It makes me really mad. Like, yeah. it, I, I have visceral, visceral reactions to it. And, you know, that's the that's the intended purpose exactly. of the scene. But like, this was pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Like, well done, film. <laughs> you pissed me off. And, and it was intended, so good job. Actually... Some of the dynamics at work here made me think of like other uh, hillbilly justice movies where it's like uh, Pumpkinhead a little bit. Do you remember that one? I've seen Pumpkinhead. I don't remember it very well. Well, basically a bunch of young youngsters roll into town. They're they're wild and rowdy. They do something bad to the, one of the locals, and mm. they have to enact hillbilly justice yeah. on them. In this, in the case of Pumpkinhead, some supernatural hillbilly justice, which is the best kind of hillbilly exactly. justice. <laughs> but in this case, it's not supernatural. But um, yeah, this confrontation is pretty intense, and basically, they're they're like urging her to get out because the she's not supposed to be here, and then she she doesn't own the property any longer. Mm-hmm. And it's also funny from a, a political standpoint because we had that moment where. Dante's like you can see his ass clenching like you can see his butt cheeks clenching yeah. when the sheriff pulls them over understandably so yeah but then on the flip side as soon as he has beef with this old this woman <laughs> this old woman like holed up in this orphanage his instant reaction is to go once again call the cops yeah so it's like oh now you want us <laughs> it's yeah. like okay um but yeah uh, we also get introduced to what will become Leatherface uh, he is in the building, mm-hmm. and uh, what do you think of this introduction here? Because it, it's like a it's like a teaser. Yeah, I the way Leatherface comes onto the screen is suppo- he's supposed to come barging in like, 
I think I've sent you the clip and you watched the movie, the original. I, did, I didn't watch the clip. I, oh, just, I just watched the movie okay. instead because I was like, this is probably going to be good. I may as well just watch it. How and, we're introduced, yeah, the guy just kind of like moseys into the house and uh, he's just like, like looks at, like into a doorway like, what the hell is that? Leatherface comes out of nowhere and just bashes him in the head and yeah. then just pulls him behind this, this uh, doorway and then shuts a door. It's like, oh shit. Like, that was abrupt. Yeah, I, I'm really glad that you... Uh, tip me off to that like that because when you when you spoke so highly of that i was like i should i should just watch this movie and i'm glad i went about it that route because in context like in the film it's very shocking mm-hmm. and very jarring not terribly bloody or anything but it's brutal yeah like you do get to see some leg twitching it's a little uh, more realistic yeah but also the choreography of it is intentionally clunky mm-hmm. and that's part of what makes it so effective is like leatherface rounds that corner and it looks like he's surprised. Mm. He's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. You gotta go. <laughs> like, like, like he just kind of like stumbles out into the doorway and just like, oh, bang. <laughs> and that's kind of it. Well, like in the remake, because uh, I don't know if you remember in True Detective when they when they find the Yellow King and Rust is like, freeze. He just goes, no. And then he just like, he like bounces out of the frame basically like into the yeah. woods. It's like, dude, he's spry. Yeah, I remember... I can't remember what episode this was on, Kyle, but this was probably two years ago. You you told me about that, and this was before I saw the show. But you're like, this is like a human bear yeah. <laughs> takes off into the woods, and it's like, whoa, he's that, got a motor on him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what makes that's what makes Leatherface so menacing. Is like he's a big boy. Well, yeah, he's a fleet-footed fat man. He he is a Chris Farley. Yeah, he's like he's doing cartwheels and shit. Yeah. It's like how? He's in the Nothing that big should move that fast. Exactly. <laughs> and that's how he comes onto the screen. I think he has a good uh, intro. In the the remake, because the old man's just like hitting the hitting the ground, like telling him to come up, and then he just busts out with a chainsaw. It's like, oh shit, it's on. Yeah. This is like we get to like see he's almost like Michael Myers, where he's just like this in the in the Rob Zombie remake, where he's just like this big dude with long hair, just kind of comes down and picks up his mom. It's like that's not really scary. Yeah. So may as well talk about this now, and I I don't know how much there is to be said about this. Maybe you can help me out, but um the glamorization of the character of Leatherface. Mm. So a thing that happens in quote slasher movies is they attain like celebrity status. Like mm-hmm. the character becomes bigger than the, the films or the franchise. It, it becomes just a showcase for that person. It's yeah. like it's like any performer where it's like you're not paying to see necessarily another entry in the franchise. You're paying to see that character, oftentimes that specific actor wearing the costume, do their thing. Mm. Um, and I think it's fascinating because in this case we have a character who I don't think was ever positioned to be that because that first Texas Chainsaw Massacre he's used very sparingly he's the enforcer but he's actually an underling mm-hmm. like there's greater things at work there's there's great there's a greater threat like he's the most obvious physical threat in that yeah, film he's the muscle yeah yeah he's the muscle but he's subservient to other characters in that film yeah for sure in the second one same thing in fact he's portrayed as a little bit goofy in that one yeah i seem to remember one where they really tried to make a gag out of his his drag habit mm-hmm. and it would in if my memory is correct it didn't exactly play very well in that film i think they continue to explore that yeah. as the franchise goes yeah on. um but the point I'm trying to make is that we're we're now at a point where it seems like Leatherface is he's the franchise, mm-hmm. like, and it's interesting because the way he's portrayed in this film is he's he's meant to be 
the source of spectacle. Mm. You're meant to be getting your thrills out of the film from just doing the crazy shit that he does. Whereas in that first film, it's like he's 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 definitely a presence in it, but he's not the star. Yeah. Um, I'm just I just think that's really fascinating that 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 happens mm. where where you have a character who begins as like something else entirely, but you have enough iterations of it and suddenly they blow up into something else entirely and he's he's very much meant he's meant to be cool in this movie which is not a portrayal of the character i think of very often they tried to do that i think they tried to do that with the nightmare on elm street the remake with jackie earl haley and it's like well how do we explain this now it's like oh he was a pedophile it's like well that nobody's gonna want to root for him no (laughs) no that was the wrong choice choice. (laughs) that was the wrong choice and there's a reason he didn't get a second crack at that role yeah um and there's probably a reason they haven't revisited it since it's like oh this was a problem like they were the, the parents were justified in what they did yeah yeah it was it was never explicitly stated, yeah. and it made it safer, like it made it more palatable. But then when you put a hat on it, it's like, fuck, dude. Yeah. Like, and it's Jackie Earl Haley wearing not very good makeup. Like, it's not very merchandisable makeup. Like, Robert Englund has that bone structure. Yeah. He's, he's got the pizza yeah. face thing going. And he's got that hammy attitude about things. He can't help but have a good time. Oh, he's very hammy. Oh, he loves it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this lady, uh, she's... I, going into cardiac arrest I'm not really sure something's happening but they're like we gotta he's like I gotta call the cops she's like call the uh, call the ambulance he's like the cops are the ambulance I'm like oh shit like this town is really small guys um, they pick her up and then they decide that um, I guess Dante's girlfriend is gonna go like she, yeah. she's not even on screen like she was like in the car for five seconds and they're like no no no, no I'm gonna go with them I'm like well you're dead obviously <laughs> You are so dead, girl. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no joke. But uh, they—it's interesting because the character that will become Leatherface in this film um, actually occupies space with the other characters. We, the viewer, never see his face. They do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he—he's just this upstairs, backlit presence that um, is subservient to Alice Creasy's character. Like he—he he steps in, like at the top of the staircase like do i need to step in ma and she's like nope (laughs) i'm good uh but then she starts to have issues she pukes and like goes into cardiac arrest like kyle said and he actually loads her into the back of the van and Mm -hmm. goes with the sheriff and the sheriff's deputy Mm -hmm. uh to go to a clinic or whatever they got um and yeah as kyle had said probably a vet (laughs) probably i wouldn't be surprised man yeah um but yeah richter is a uh, he's pissed because he probably knew her mm. Alice Grieg. Um but then um, it's interesting like like the way the the editing is done here it's meant to like ramp up tension because we have a, an old woman who's having health problems we have a big hulking brute carrying her into a van who looks a little fucking scary um, you have Mel uh, having a like a crisis of conscience where she's like did i kill the old woman a little bit um but then the bus rounds the corner (laughs) it's like oh my god everything's happening at once too many moving parts (laughs) yeah and mel even uses the phrase i don't need this right now which i thought was funny because i feel like that's a phrase that gets tossed around a lot these days i'm i'm over it is is a general it's a vibe man Like, like people fall into occasionally but um and also we get an, an important dialogue exchange between her and Lila, um, where Lila's, I don't know, 
complaining or something and Mel turns around and says, I know that you need me and you can't take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, which is, I guess, a major theme about their their dynamic. Yeah. Um, also, Alice Kreese tells uh, who will become Leatherface uh, to stay out of her room uh, when they're in the van together. Mm. Um, which, you know, put a pin in that. Um, and then she expires. And <laughs> I like that the uh, the blonde gal... As soon as she hears that the, the old woman in the back of the van dies, text. Like, yeah. Im- immediately, that's her first reaction. It's like, I got I to gotta do something with my phone. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a cute little thing that I'm sure was intended to be like a big F you to the, the Zoomers out there. But it's just like, I thought that was cute. It's like, oh, something bad happened. Text. text, text. <laughs> um, and then, Kyle, we get some good old-fashioned ultraviolence yeah uh, would you care to explain the, our, uh, our first fatality in this film this besides, is, besides the old woman yeah this is where i decided i'm like okay i think we can talk about this mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah me too yeah. <laughs> i was like <laughs> yes yes i don't think i've seen this before on film this is a pretty uh, pretty creative kill we've got here and i'm not the i'm not the kind of uh, horror movie person that's like i need creative kills that's like your friday the 13th that's where like let's see how creative we can get yeah not really my thing but I do appreciate it when I see it. Um, he, so Leatherface is upset. His mom has just died. So he takes this sheriff's deputy's arm, snaps it, compound fracture, and uh, because of that, we're talking complete. The, there are two pieces to this arm now, and it is very sharp. And he just immediately breaks his arm and just hits this dude in the jugular. And it's, Quit hitting yourself. <laughs> Quit hitting yourself. It, it's seamless. It's just crack. It's pretty great. Yeah, he he gives him a couple of a couple of jabs in the throat with his own forearm bones. Yeah, it's creative, it's brutal. I'm creative. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I appreciate it quite a bit. Yeah, it woke me right the fuck up. Yeah, I was I was, like, I was texting you before this. I'm like, dude, we might have a problem. They're like, never mind, we're good. <laughs> yeah, I've, Kyle's working on getting us a soundboard eventually. Yeah, I think I found one. Mm. Um, it was a Sean William Scott from a uh, old school. Mm. When the dark goes into... You just got a fucking dart in your neck? Or? Yes! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one to do, yeah. Um, but yeah, the sheriff's deputy just totally eats shit. Great. Um, there's blood everywhere. It's pretty fantastic. But um, Then, of course, the sheriff can't drive the van. Um, he gets shot. Oh, he gets shot. Yeah, okay. the sheriff's deputy tries to pull a gun on who will become Leatherface, and uh, he accidentally shoots Gorman in the throat area? Yeah. Like not so much here, yeah. more more here. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, the van crashes into some farm equipment yeah. in the middle of a, a field of dead sunflowers. But then we cut back to the town for what appears to be a. This is like an auction or a yeah. pub- they have a podium and they're doing yeah. like a live speaking event. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing, kids? Yeah, the graduating class of 2022 are out here buying property. Um, did you catch what was being sold? So this, so what their plan is, is this is all going to just be food. This is all going to be food places because she okay. says, sold to Brandy's Brunch. And she says, sold to Brandy's Brunch. I love brunch. <laughs> <laughs> I did not catch that. I did yeah. catch that. I think so, uh, Mel or Lila was talking about putting a comic book store on one of the corners or something. Probably Lila because Melody and Dante are both chefs. That's so right. So all these That's investors, right. I'm pretty sure, are just... People who are going to open up restaurants. Okay. Yep. Okay. In the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Seven hours from Austin. <laughs> Not a single airfield in sight. This is, yeah, this Good is, luck getting there. 
These Good are, luck getting out. Yeah, these are all just just trust fund fail sons, basically. Like, yeah, uh, make sure to put a hardware store in there with lots of chainsaws. You'll do just fine. <laughs> um, yeah, Lila wanders off from the the auction site, and uh, she heads into Richter's garage. Uh, he's tuning up a vehicle of some sort, and uh, she seems drawn to him for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, you, you must be a nihilist. And he's like, a what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ain't got no book learning. Uh, Richter has an AR. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a rifle. Um, just like laying on a table mm-hmm. in this garage. And she has a reaction to it. Like, she goes all wide-eyed and she's like a little weirded out by it. But she's also drawn to it uh, on some level. And uh, this is where it's like made explicitly clear that this character, Lila, um, was shot in a high school shooting. Mm. Um, she mentioned, like, he he's talking to her about the rifle, and he's like, have you ever fired one before? And she's like, no, never shot, but I've been shot at. And he notices that she has a, a bullet wound scar near her collarbone. And we actually get, like, a shot of her laying in a high school hallway so I don't think they meant this to be funny, but I was rewatching this, and uh, she says, "I've been shot at before," and he goes, "Drunk dad." Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> like, God yeah. damn, dude. Yeah, I'm. I, I laugh at show. Funny. I laugh at show. That was I'm like he had that one ready. Drunk dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that that's one of those statements that tells you a lot about the person issuing exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. Like, aha! <laughs> okay, Mr. Richter. I a good chuckle. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't write that down, yeah. but good one, good yeah. one. I don't uh, think they meant it to be funny. Um, I, but yeah, this, this like, makes explicitly clear, like, in plain English, like, uh, she has survivor's guilt. Yeah. She has a little spiel about how, like, she's not brave, the, the, the exceptional people, the, the brave people she's known in her life were the people who didn't survive that day. Um, and also she has that survivor's guilt thing of feeling that she needs to make her, her time left on Earth count. So she feels like she needs to make something of herself and she feels she's not doing a very good job of it. Which, again, Netflix has our data. <laughs> they know how our brains think, how our millennial and Gen Z brains think. And yes, this is relatable yeah. in social media terms. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, I think Mel is in the bus and she gets a text uh, from the, the uh, Dante's girlfriend. Um, the old the old lady just died. Dot dot dot. <laughs> yeah, and she like Melody confronts Dante. She's like, "The old lady died." He's like, "Oh shit." Anyway, <laughs> and Melody's like, "Don't you care? Don't you care at all?" And it's like, "I knew her for five minutes, and she called me a racial slur." So. I'm fine. If she she said she was okay with with that racial slur. (laughs) She said she was okay with. Yeah, I'm like I don't think Dante's got a lot of investment in that woman living or dying. Yeah, but Mel, uh, I guess another part of like her characterization is that she can't let this go. Like she feels guilt over Alice Creed's death, understandably so. You did kill her. Yeah, she's like I will never be okay until. Until this is sorted out, until I, I know whether or not I'm culpable in that or not. But uh, we cut back to the field, and uh, I was just calling her Blondie. Yeah, because she's, she's blonde. This is the last time you're going to see her. Yeah, she had not do anything. She got... I hate, I hate to say it, I looked at her mouth, and I was like, yeah, she's British. She's <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> um, I, I, know I know that's terrible, <laughs> that's but, but I guessed and I was right. <laughs> Austin Powers was a very big film when we were kids. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's not Hollywood TV. There, there's some really good unintentional editing here, like unintentionally funny, 
like things that are asked of these characters. Okay. Um, there's one here. So she kind of comes to, Blondie kind of comes to, and she's like looking in the rearview mirror, and you and I know what's happening. Leather is cutting off his mom's face, basically. But yeah. if you've never seen, if this is your first time, you're like, what the fuck is he doing back there? It doesn't look happy, whatever he's doing. Um, but <laughs> the uh, cop next to her starts making noise. <laughs> And uh, she's like, "Shut the fuck up! Shut up!" And Leather comes over there and kills him immediately. How does does he? How does he kill him? Oh, uh, he bludgeons him in the head with a metal instrument. Okay. It's it's not spectacular, but it, you know it's utilitarian. Okay. Yeah, I mean that, and also that's that's Leatherface's brand. It's like you just get it get it done, man. Okay, so she has a funny moment where uh, so she's like telling him to shut up, and then she sees Leatherface move, and then she does she pulls a fucking Woody from Toy Story, she just <laughs> like flops over. Yeah, yeah, she does. It's so funny. Yeah, Leatherface does a surprise, bitch. <laughs> um, he, he, he pops out in front of the window, and now he's in full on Leatherface mode with I, with his mom's face on. So let's talk about the mask because please, that's that's please. actually an important thing with Leatherface. Um. I think that the original... So, I mean, I'm sure you know that the character was loosely based off of Ed Gein. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, him wearing a human skin mask, again, terrifying. Uh, it's really gross looking in the in the first one, the original. And then one of the moments in the remake, which I thought was really chilling at the time, was before he had, like, a really gross mask on. But they kill, he kills, like, the first boyfriend or whatever. And when Jessica Biel turns on the lights and she sees someone else being killed, she look, he looks up and he's wearing her boyfriend's face. And it's like, oh shit, that's pretty fucking gruesome. This, he's just wearing his mom's face. And it wasn't as, I didn't find it as menacing personally. I, actually, I, I did a little bit of a digging about this. And actually I'm kicking myself because I'm, I can't remember the name of the company that did the... Um, prosthetic and makeup appliance effects for this film um, it's googleable for the listeners but if you want to look it up yeah I'll, I'll look it up while we're talking but um i did look into it because i was curious because i i was impressed okay. I, I thought it from a technical standpoint and from an artistic standpoint it looks nice mm-hmm. but you're you are probably correct in that it's not particularly scary but a lot of what they were saying uh, in the production notes was it's intended to look sorrowful oh okay because this specific narrative like divorced from the rest of the franchise this leatherface story is about him losing his mom yeah he's and, and not only that he's wearing her fucking face yeah. so they designed it to look it's very intentional that he only ever wears his mom's face because mm-hmm. even in just that first movie he goes through at least two mm-hmm. he he wears one of the one of his victims in that film he starts it out wearing a different one that seems like dried and cured but by the end of it he's wearing a, a, a woman's face yeah, he's like a kid on christmas man i gotta try these rollerblades out now like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly i gotta go break my arm in the backyard today do this now <laughs> so mom and dad can take it back before the new year's rush he gets mushed with the oxygen tank Yes, thank you. Yeah. I, I noticed it was cylindrical. I, I wasn't yeah. positive what it was. But, um, but yeah, in, in this movie, it seems very intentional that he only ever wears his mom's face. And also, it, it looks kind of... It looks a little dopey. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks a little dour. Because, like I said, that was the designer's intent. He's supposed to look sad. Yeah. He looks really fucking pissed a lot of the time, too. <laughs> which is also kind of different. Because in that first movie, he has these manic episodes where he looks concerned a lot mm-hmm. and also he's subservient to the other members of the family where 
there's that one sequence in the kitchen in the first film where he bludgeons the dude and like he he walks in and simultaneously there's all this shit going on and he's not having it mm-hmm. he's like the woman in the in the freezer's waking up he's like no yeah you gotta shut that lid and you gotta die but then he like wanders off into the other room and he's just like mm, this is not going as i intended <laughs> like, <laughs> like he has he like sits down in a chair and he's like rocking back and forth cradling his temples like you can tell he's like dad's gonna be pissed <laughs> <laughs> he's got a temper yeah yeah <laughs> he doesn't have any kind words for either of those kids but but yeah in this film we don't have that in this film like i said this leatherface the way he's shot the way he's framed and the choreography of his sequences he's meant to be cool mm-hmm. so he's meant to be a big scary pissed off brute mm-hmm. and and also not only that if you if you really want to swing it a certain way this is a of revenge this is a hillbilly justice film yeah. this is him seeking H-J. hillbilly justice on the on the young yeah. <laughs> and it's a, and it's justified in from a certain point of view <laughs> justifiable homicide yep. um, all, all 35 of them <laughs> yeah and then white then blondie tries to escape the truck uh from the driver's side and then leather comes on the other side again one quick motion pulls her by the leg and then just disembowels her really chilling attention to detail here it's it could have been more brutal but um it's a weird it kind of goes in slow too it's not that what i noticed was her uh her face she's got purple lips Mm. like they took the time to like color her face because he's choking her at the same time and it's like oh it's dark like yeah that's really fucking dark and also they somebody on the set was like no it's got to be more (laughs) (laughs) because yeah him him slashing her across the belly is pretty nasty but the close-ups of like her face turning brock lesnar purple is is pretty intense like diane kruger and glorious bastard is like oh dude Um, you got you got this close (laughs) uh i think he's really choking her Uh, Yeah, so I have written down, like, let's get my dude a glass of water and a chainsaw. Because he has to walk through this, again, dead field of sunflowers all the way back to town. Yeah, and there's a neat little bit of atmosphere that I don't think looks very good. Because this is this movie does have CGI, like, assistance for gore and stuff. And probably, like, weather and atmosphere and stuff. But um, we have this wide shot of him stumbling out from the sunflower field out into the road and there's storm clouds rolling in mm-hmm. and it's this like absurdly like almost like gothic horror kind of image but it, it's not rendered particularly well but I respect it because the majority of the remainder of the film takes place in a rainstorm of course and you actually signal that there's a justifiable reason as to why the town is covered in darkness and rain even though it's been daytime like very recently it's like oh there's a storm rolling in and it happens to follow it it's like Pumpkinhead. <laughs> Pumpkinhead has portable thunderclouds <laughs> like every every time he opens the door it's just <laughs> um but yeah uh, we cut back to the auction site and uh i noticed here fun sound design uh it's just a close-up of a grill because they're like mm-hmm. doing a cookout for the auction and uh, I think the hinge on the grill makes the exact same sound as the uh, camera flashes at the very beginning of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. There's that, yeah. It makes the same sound. I was like, oh, nice. That's cute. Creative. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Dante gives somebody the keys. He's like, here, you can go like do something. I don't know what he was giving the keys. Richter for. takes them. I was gonna say he was giving the keys to somebody, but Richter just intercepts. It. I think it's the driver of the okay. bus because there is a bus driver. Who's also like 
22. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bus that they came in on, by the way, we didn't we didn't talk about that. The bus is from like the 70s. Like it's the oldest. It's like really old, but they've like redid it on the inside to turn it into like a party bus. Apparently, it's really yeah. I, I don't. Maybe um, that's a thing that the youths do. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Richard just comes in. And he's like, "I'm taking these keys because you killed that old lady." And like, yeah, you can't do that. That's no, you can't do that. No, he does have a gun. <laughs> he does have a gun. Uh, but legally, yeah, you can't do that, dude. Um, he's like, "I'm taking these keys because that old lady died." And he's like, "You're you're not getting these keys until you show me you have the deed." To that that little girl called me a nihilist. That's racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but I'm gonna take offense to it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Melody's like, well, let's just give him what he wants. Do you have the deed? And this dumbass uh, left Austin, seven hour drive, by the way. Seven hour drive without the deed to uh-huh. the place that they bought. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, and then um, we meet. Um, is it Sally? Yes, Sally. Who calls Sally? Uh, the the uh, heavy set gentleman from the truck stop. There. Okay, so there are five people that live in this town: the heavy set truck driver, the two cops of, of six people. Well, now five because mom's dead. <laughs> mom's dead, but Richter, mom, leather. Yeah, so we have three people left. We have uh, Sally lives out of town apparently. So now we've got home uh, the uh, Buford, Richter, Sally, and leather. That's what's left of this town. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the heavy set guy from the truck stop. He, uh, um, Blondie, got on the police radio. Yeah. And uh, she tried she to was call narrating. for help. She was like kind of narrating. He's like, she's got it off her face. And he didn't pick it up because he was taking a shit or something. <laughs> but he walks in at the tail end of, the, of her little spiel. And uh, he calls Hardesty. Uh, Sally Hardesty. Uh, who is the only survivor of the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Um, she decided to live... 45 minute drive away from where she was terrorized as a teenager. Or yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. also um, slaughtering a pig uh, in a barn. Uh, she's also, I believe, a Texas Ranger, because she definitely has some kind of badge on later. Yeah, the Texas Chainsaw are upon you. I, I couldn't help but say slaughter is the best medicine, because anytime I see it now, yeah. Yeah, it's painted on the side of a truck. Yeah, um, yeah so Sally Hardesty is a, played by an Irish woman. I don't know her name. She was in Mandy. Yeah, 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 you're absolutely right. Um she uh kyle had pointed out and this is fairly obvious that this character seems to be here because halloween and halloween kills exist yeah um and horror in particular this subgenre of horror funny enough i don't think of the texas chainsaw massacre as a slasher but i this film is a slasher film Mm -hmm. like like through and through so it the franchise has worn many different hats but i guess now we're officially just doing like franchise slasher stuff now um but this particular subgenre tends to be very trendy um so it's no surprise that they would be aping each other but yeah the sally hardesty character may as well be laurie strode yeah. uh, aka jamie lee curtis in the halloween films serves the same utility although is paid quite a bit less respect than Jamie Lee Curtis, understandably so, because yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is kind of a cool lady. And well, this actress <laughs> isn't even from the original movie. The, no. The original actress died uh, several years ago. Yeah, and actually, like, may as well pause for just a second to poke you about your feelings on not only the inclusion of this character, but the presentation of them. Like, what did you think? I, I don't know why, other than watching the 
David Gordon Green Halloween, why else would you have this character in here? You don't need it. You don't need her. There's no trick to killing Leatherface. You just you just have to kill him. He's a regular dude. He's a big guy, He's, but beyond yeah. that, yeah. Go for the heart. Go for the nuts. You know, like just do whatever you can to, <laughs> to get him. Uh, pretty simple. Go for the neck. Anything you can do to to kill him. Um, yeah, I don't see what she adds. I to the movie itself. Yep. What they do with the character, yeah, they have no respect for this character, but she does give us uh, some funny bits and a pretty pretty juicy death. Well, almost death. Um, but yeah, I don't understand why we have to call back these characters. I think it's worse than the Halloween Kills, where it's like, no, 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 we're going to get the other kids too and bring them in. But I don't see what purpose it serves. See, I'm, I'm crafting this on the fly, but... I'd... It's a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'd do that. Um, I actually am starting to think that it's clunky it's silly but i i think it's necessary for what for what little this film is trying to talk about because we we have lila who it's very obvious based on her innocent demeanor and the fact that she has a backstory when none of the other characters do mm-hmm. that she's our she's our protagonist essentially she doesn't occupy very much screen time but she's she's our final girl yeah um and i don't care much for the sally hardesty character I think it's silly the idea of like what she did with her life and stuff but i think it's intentional because we're meant to be drawing parallels between lila and sally and we have that moment where sally tells her like you can't run away because remember sally lila's the character with survivor's guilt so it it's very fitting yeah that that we draw parallels between these two characters where they have that shared trauma of being the sole survivor of a horrific event and then she has this opportunity to to go down a different road than sally did and what we saw from sally it's like sally the way she's shot in the film she's presented like jamie lee curtis she's presented as like the savior the hero figure who's going to have a slam bang knockdown drag a a real slobber knocker with leatherface in the last 20 minutes of the movie spoiler alert that doesn't exactly play out the way she or us probably wanted it to but but i think that's the i mean i was happy (laughs) i was (laughs) i was very happy with it but i think that's secretly the point of the movie and i don't think it's an accident that Lila would poke Richter about the concept of nihilism <laughs> because I want to say that that's kind of the driving force behind some of the, the character arcs and the wrap up of this movie. Yeah. So it's like, Leatherface doesn't fucking care, man. <laughs> like, 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 he doesn't care about your dramatic arcs or anything. He's going to, he, Leather's going to Leather. That's true. <laughs> Is he a child of divorce? Because he was definitely living with his dad and brother before in the first movie. So we jumped to this. He's living with his mom. So. <laughs> I'm like, it now kind of makes sense why he's not at the house, because he's with his mom. It's like, oh yeah, mom lives in town. She's got an apartment in town. That's where she lives. Dad and brother lived out in the sticks, so. I think she adopted him. Oh, okay. I, I think she adopted him as an adult. Like, okay. he came in as a stray and just treated him like one of the other kids. And yeah. it seems to be implied that she holds some measure of control or dominion over him. Yeah. And it's only through that connection that he doesn't go apeshit on people. Considering his mental capability and his father, any person that shows him any kindness, he's probably going to latch onto pretty quick. Yeah, so it's a very strange setup where it's like, so he was that, and then magically 
two years after the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he just like wanders into town not wearing someone's face. She had a lot of time, like a lot of things with small animals. And no, 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 we don't do that with animals. I, yeah, it looks very nice. <laughs> yes, it's nice that you skinned this fox, but uh, we don't do that. We don't do that. To, to oh, he's so creative. He's so creative. He's so creative. Stuff. That would have been a, that would have been an interesting twist if she was just like kind of indulged his like really sadistic side like that. I mean, that would be a different angle to take that she's a loving, supportive mother. Yeah. But she doesn't care about anything he does. <laughs> like like there's no consequence other than I love him. Um anyway, yeah, Sally Hardesty is called. Uh, she gets this heroic entrance where she's all she looks like uh, S- Stephen Lang, Scott Lang. No, Scott Lang's Ant-Man. I don't know. A uh, buff old man. Oh, uh, buff he, dude, yeah. He's in, he's in the... Uh, um, Keep out. Or Don't Breathe. Don't Breathe. Don't yes. Breathe. Uh, which is a franchise now. I didn't watch the first one. I've heard it's pretty good, but I just didn't, I didn't watch it. Yeah, but she looks like him, and actually I have another really mean note. She looks like Terrence Stamp. Man, you were just beating the shit I out didn't of know. This is bad, dude. Beating the shit out of all these... <laughs> what happened to you in the last 24 Come, hours? The same guy who said he has problems with people being mean to old ladies yeah. on film is calling old ladies Terrence Stamp and Christian Bale. You must forget something. <laughs> I had some peanut butter cookies I was going to give you, but now I don't think you deserve them. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we come back to the orphanage. Yeah, we got to go in the house. Uh, Dante and Melody are looking for... They're just kind of looking through the place. And I think they're looking for the deed. So she goes into, his, into the bedroom, and she finds, sure enough, this lady had the deed to the house, so she pretty much died for nothing. They were in the wrong. Yeah. Um, that makes you a murderer. That makes you a murderer. <laughs> um, and then Dante gets it. Uh, pretty. I, I didn't see how he got it, but you figure out later how he got it. Yeah, that that was a. You got to kill everybody twice in this movie. Yeah, it's a thing. He's not, that is not Leatherface is usually pretty good. He's a, he usually gets him on the first try. I mean that that gal woke up in that freezer. Yeah, like he did. He he brained her pretty good, but not all the way good. The the remake is fresher in my mind when I'm thinking back. Is the remake the one that has the 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 rock salt on the leg? Yeah, I think I think, so. I think he, that's I think that's the one. He where does he lops the, a dude's leg off and then he wraps it with rock salt. He lo- he lops a dude because I think he's gonna he's going to chop him up for meat because uh, he well, throws yeah. him on the hook. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I remember that part. Yeah, and Jessica Biel in the rain. Yeah, that's about it. Kind of hard to forget that part. I mean that is a Platinum Dunes production. Michael Bay did pay for that. Her ass is in. <laughs> Michael the tr- Bay paid for her, that. Her, they they set up the shot like down like we have to get her ass in the shot with the house like. Well, it's kind of funny because that original Texas Chainsaw Massacre has a little bit of that too. Mm-hmm. But it's like seventies butt. Yeah, Je- Jessica Biel's got a whole different butt. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like a it's, whole it's different a, butt. Yeah, it's it's like it's casual seventies butt. It's a yeah. different different class of butt. It's like but when... but the cinematography, it's like it it's a I said it, it's a very technically sound production. It looks fantastic for whatever budget level it was. But we're doing some low angle shit with skirts. Yeah, like Toby Hooper's. Toby Hooper knows what he's doing. He, he knows what teenage Ooh, boys are going to be watching this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, but. so, uh, yeah, Dante gets it. Melody goes and hides out in the closet. Uh, and then this, I, f- I found this to be very strange. I know it's part of Leatherface's character, but uh, I wasn't sure what, what, what was happening here exactly. So he grabs uh, his mother's, well, I guess one of his mother's dresses, or the lady's dresses. Yeah. yeah. And he's kind of like smelling it. Like, he's just kind of, like, sniffing it. And then, does he put on a little bit of makeup, too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's, like, rouge or something. Yeah. On, it's, like, on her counter. Um, but, yeah, uh, the scene where Dante gets whacked, I, I wasn't sure how I felt about it. I thought it was 
interesting but not particularly well crafted because we the way it's blocked the way it's staged is uh, uh dante's in the kitchen leatherface's playground basically and a uh, leather charges at him and whacks him with like a claw hammer or something yeah um but it's all shot through a, a swinging door yeah so we get like slivers of the action we we see the moment of impact and whatnot, and then Dante backs through the door towards the camera and then falls face first on the ground. But it's like interesting in concept in that you don't see that very often. But something about it just felt. We odd. didn't. Yeah, we there was too. We were seeing too much. Sometimes it's more effective to be like you're not seeing what's happening. Just having the noises is they can be good enough. Like, but, well, and but, and also I don't think of Leatherface as relishing this kind of thing feel like he just wants you to shut the fuck up and yeah. go to sleep like, yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a butcher like that I yeah mean, that's kind yeah, of yeah. like what the character is like, i mean he literally is that he's literally a butcher <laughs> yeah it's like get this he wears shit. a fucking apron <laughs> like most of the time but yeah no he, he like lets him just walk backwards through the door and doesn't even finish him like he, he gets up later spoiler alert. yeah um but yeah melody is hiding in the closet and uh the sound design here is in this house is really good um, all the footfalls and the creaking of the wood really well coordinated i was very impressed with that like it it has a really intimidating feel to it because leatherface is pretty fucking big and every move he makes in this ancient fucking house makes the walls shake basically and there's all these wood creaking noises and she's hiding in the closet like Lori strode style and mm-hmm. yeah he's putting makeup on his on his mother's face yeah. um but then he's uh alerted by the uh, DJ and the music outside. Yeah. Fwah, 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 fwah. <laughs> yeah. And he goes ape shit. He starts breaking shit yeah. and he clomps out of the house basically. Yeah, Dante pops up and he looks like Arnold Vosloo in the mummy when he has one person left basically. He's just like the side of his jaw like it looks like he's got like half a Chelsea grin where it's like uh his, his mouth is just like his cheek is just like sliced open and his jaw is kind of like hanging down. Like, that's kind of what I saw. Yeah, they do a good job because as far as I can tell, it's a combination of makeup and CGI. Yeah. But it's this is by now the the storm has rolled in, so yeah. we have we have torrential downpour and darkness to assist it. And actually, like it just makes it look like a murky black just mess of flesh. Yeah. Which is very effective. I, yeah. I thought it looked very very nice. They can fix that, uh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I've but, seen worse. But yeah, he, he surprisingly didn't die from that and he, he collapses and Richter starts to like call Dude, out he's to such him. a dick. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm talking to you. Turn around. I'm like, he doesn't have to turn around. He can fucking ignore you. Yeah. But he's like, oh shit, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, he, he becomes very very nice after he notices his face. He di- he holds his hand while he dies. Yeah. It was very yeah. it was very nice of him. Yeah, it, it's interesting how they flip the script like that. It's interesting, yeah, because Richter, when you see him, you're like, oh shit, like he, yeah, he's gonna be a piece of shit. In this Richter movie. reminds me of uh, one of the characters from fuck i can't remember which friday the 13th it was there's too many it's the one with the i think it's part four i want to say it's part four okay it's the one with the crispin glover i wasn't disagreeing with you i'm saying i'm going to be of no help because i'm not sure (laughs) see that's what's funny uh, folks at home kyle is between the two of us the horror head yeah Uh, he's more of a horror enthusiast Mm -hmm. uh, than myself Uh, he's much more well versed in the genre however that does not extend to the territory of slasher films. No. Wherein I am the master. Yes. <laughs> and he is the apprentice. Yeah. <laughs> he I, is the young Padawan learner. Yeah. 
um, although he has no desire to learn. Um, <laughs> it's not it's not his bag. It's not mine. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm Michael Myers or bust basically. Yeah, I, I went through a stretch in college where I was torrenting every slasher under the sun. For some reason, I was into it, and I was I gobbled them up. So I have like this background with it. I don't keep up with it, but I know a lot about the older ones. The only Halloween movie I haven't seen is H three is Halloween three, and that's the one that's not even. Uh, that's the one you should see yeah like that uh, as i said you're not a slasher guy that's the one that you'd probably get the most out of aside from the first one the first and second one yeah yeah i mean i i I stand by the second one i think it's a fine sequel it's not a carpenter film but it's it's fine but third one is the you know the different one but anyway uh there's a character in one of the friday the 13th movies that he's almost like he's not a red herring but he's a He's like relations to one of the previous victims from one of the previous films. And the way they cast him, he's like conventional Hollywood good looking dude. Oh. Big big hair because 80s. Mm-hmm. And it, you get the sense that like he's being positioned as like the Sally Hardesty, like the savior figure who will show up at the end and save the day or something. And he gets got like, nice. like nothing. Nice. Like nothing. And I think he has his his death cry is actually pretty haunting like it's actually surprisingly effective where i think he's saying i think he just keeps saying he's killing me oh shit like That's it's dark. very simple just he's killing me and yeah. it and the reason why it's impactful is because <laughs> oh man i did not see that coming <laughs> that's admissible hearsay oh really that's admissible hearsay. okay yeah, yeah dying declaration <laughs> okay <laughs> wow uh, you heard it here, folks, from an authority on the subject. Yeah, but, not quite. Uh... But but yeah, uh, the Richter character makes me think of that because he's he's always shown being armed and competent and capable. Uh, but, he's usually correct in the verbal exchanges he has with all the other characters, and then, but he's, just like everybody else, he he goes down. But he's all, I mean he's also uh, a blonde haired white guy, so uh, he's also not trustworthy. You don't know when he could turn. Oh well, yeah, he could totally sweep that leg. He, you know? <laughs> he looks like. He looks like he kind of reminds me of like Brad Pitt in California, where he has like like it looks like he could turn at any moment, kind of thing. Like first exchange is not great. Second exchange, it's really nice. Like it's it's not too bad. Like they actually shake hands. He's smoking a cigarette, has a decent exchange with the girl, and then now he's taking the key. So now he's like on the bad side now. So here it's like, oh, we're gonna continue this exchange. It could go either way. But he actually turns out to be a good guy. It's actually kind of neat. Yeah. Where he feels like a person. Yeah. Like he feels like a person who exists in the world and just expires before we get to know him too well. He keeps like, that, that's pretty rare for a movie like this, where it's yeah. like you get to see that many angles of a character who's in three or four scenes. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, we're finding reasons to appreciate this film. Uh, yeah, so Richter goes to Leathers. He's got his gun uh, drawn. Wait uh, a sec. Go for it. I need to point something out that I'm curious if you caught this. Mm, probably I'm, not. I'm surprised. Uh, so um, when Alice Creech went down, her last words, I think, the old lady. Okay. You say the old lady. <laughs> well, I know her. She's a good actress. I don't. She, she was in Star Trek, goddammit. I had no idea who she was. She was in a previous episode, Silent Hill. She was the cult leader lady with the frizzy hair. I don't remember. It, dude, if I'm remembering anything from Silent Hill, it is not the cult old leader. Old lady that looks like Christian Bale. I watched a person get skin, get their skin pulled off their body. She was the movie. one that got it up the, the hoo-ha. She got the barbed wire up the hoo ha. I believe that I believe that you're right. That is a thing that <laughs> happened in a movie that we talked about. Again, that's not the thing that I remembered from that movie. Well, damn it, you should, because <laughs> that that was crazy. That was awesome. <laughs> anyway, um, 
I wanted to point out, um, she told Leather, stay out of my room. Oh, okay. Clearly he didn't listen. Yeah. Um, when he's up there, uh, he has a hammer mm-hmm. that he's taken to the wall. That's what I was, that's what I was going okay. to next. Yeah. Okay. I definitely noticed that. That's why I was like, what the fuck is happening? Okay. Uh, well, that but, makes but the, so much more sense but now. But the, the cinematography. Go for it. When he's hitting the wall, Kyle. The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. The, the... Oh yeah, I caught that. Okay. Yeah, I did catch that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I ha- I was there's mental notes because there's a Terminator. There's an explicit Terminator <laughs> two in this movie. So there are, there are references to other films, and that was yeah. one I definitely yeah. Caught. But yes, folks at home, I'm referring to Jack Nicholson swinging a fire axe into a door. The the camera movement is very precise and coordinated. Have you seen the clip of him getting ready to do that? Where they're getting it set, and he's just like, ah, ah. I think I think he sent it to me. Like, ju- like kind of jumping in place, and then he just starts whacking it. It's kind of neat. Kind yeah, of neat he looks like a little kid getting ready to go to bat. <laughs> um, but yeah, you you go ahead and pick it up, Kyle. I was gonna say, I, this makes more sense now because I didn't catch her say, "Stay out of my room." Yeah. So I was like, he just starts bashing this wall, and I'm like, "There's obviously gonna be a chainsaw back there." I'm like, "But why the fuck would a chainsaw be back there?" I could see she hid it back, like she put I, it back it's, there. That's a little weird. Where are you going to dispose of it at? But, like, but again, this is me highlighting that this this is a different style of movie. Mm-hmm. Where this is Leatherface putting on the Iron Man suit. This is this is Leatherface getting Thor's hammer. This, this is Leatherface pulling the sword out of the stone. This is it's like completing the ensemble. In his defense, he's not been very effective with the hammer. So I do think that a chainsaw would be able to get the job. He does get the job done yeah, much better I mean, once we in, get in the a, chainsaw. In a, in a different movie, you would have a bit where he's like looking at the tools he has. And he's like, this, this ain't is cut- shit. This ain't cutting it, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, that guy went down, but he got back up. Same I, goes for that cop guy. He went down, he got back up. This is fucked. <laughs> I need something that goes through bone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what I'm getting at is like this is part of the lore it's like the audience expectation is like oh he's gonna get the saw i'm just i'm i'm picturing jack smacking the wall not really oh, watch well the we know what kyle's gonna watch 100 watching the shining yeah i think every conversation we have it, it res- results in kyle having to watch something when yeah. he gets home <laughs> it's gonna be the i shining. love it i love it uh, but yeah so he i nearly gets i think he gets the chainsaw but uh richter uh, gets the drop on him. I wouldn't say he gets the drop on him. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Richter comes in the room where Leatherface is at. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gets the drop on this guy. <laughs> he gets the drop on you somehow. Yeah. Because he is 300 pounds and heavy-footed. Um, but yeah, this is where I have... Uh, here's my notes. Um, I chainsaw behind the wall. Maybe you can help with this. Chainsaw behind the wall. Hyperextension. Head smash. Fuck Yes. Yeah, I mean that, that's a very succinct version of it. Uh, you have to see it to truly appreciate it. But it, um, Richter gets into a little bit of a melee with Leatherface. And Melody actually attempts to assist him. Dude, I was getting like I, this doesn't really happen to horror movies too much, but I got some fuck. Like this was this was one of those bones don't bend that way, man. Ooh. Like joints don't bend that way. <laughs> and anytime you see it on film, it's like mm! yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I loved it. I thought it was great because basically Richter walks up into the orphanage. Uh, he's brandishing his pistol because he just saw a man's face torn open on the side of the street. Yeah. So he knows something bad's waiting for him. Um, Leather is hiding behind the doorway though, and Melody like nudges a, a mirror so 
so uh, Richter can see him. Mm-hmm. So Leather charges at him and doesn't quite get the drop on him. And Richter throws some fans. Like, yeah. like he lands some blows, but Leatherface hits him directly on the kneecap with like a sledgehammer, basically. Yeah. And... It, it it his uh wah, wah, you know wah. those those greater than or less than symbols <laughs> yeah uh, his leg turns into one of those take your pick which version yeah um, it's pretty gross but he like falls forward onto Leatherface mm-hmm. and like stumbles into him and they start grappling a little bit they go like into the window which has bars on it by the way Alice Creech knows who her roommates are <laughs> like, like, it's like he may not have the saw but that's a big guy <laughs> just in case we got kids here <laughs> um, and the glass shatters and leather actually like pulls Richter into uh, a cracked piece of glass and it punctures his throat and it starts spurting and stuff he falls face first on the floor and then Leatherface's finishing blow is to crack him on the skull with the hammer, but a then he just he just keeps going. They show it too. Yeah, it's his his good. head is rendered unto chunky salsa. It's pretty great. It, it's just it's just red mush. Yeah. But by, by he the time tries done, to he notices Mel underneath the bed, and he like pulls out the keys. Yeah, the last in second. his in his last act, he he gives the keys to the bus to her. Good guy. Yeah, good stand-up guy. Stand-up guy. Probably killed a guy. <laughs> like, like in his teens. He definitely he had like like veteran vibes to me. I feel like he probably. I think uh, that was probably yeah. the implication. They didn't explicitly say, but I kind of got that feeling. But yeah, so uh, we get Sally at the wreck, which I always love this lighting for horror movies where it's just the the vehicle headlights are like out into a field. Yeah. Because it doesn't give you much, and it's enough to get like a scary like something scary in the field to come start coming at you but we know nothing's going to happen in the field because leather's not there but we do get so she's like taking it all in it's like yeah there's a wreck a couple dead people but then we see which i don't think leather's ever really done and this is where he's got his mom he's, he's set up like a little uh little thing with his mom in the field now see um Remember, folks, uh, Kyle and I haven't seen the intervening uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. We've seen yeah. the bookends, kind of. Yeah. Uh, but remember, there have been subsequent films up until 2017 mm-hmm. that apparently did very poorly at the box office. I walked out of one. I think <laughs> 2017, I think there was a... I don't even remember if got a theatrical. There was another one? Yeah, I think oh, it's damn. called just Leatherface. Oh! They're, they're like prequel films. I forgot about that. Yeah, that, that one went through some sort of production hell or something. But yeah, the, the most recent two ones apparently have done very, very poorly, which is probably why Lionsgate dropped the license and Legendary picked it up. Um, <laughs> not, no surprise there. But Dude, Can I tell you two of the actors that are in it? Um, Steven Dorff. Oh, fuck. Wait for it. Lily Taylor. Shoo. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was never going to be good, guys. <laughs> I was going to guess like Sam Worthington or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be the. Or Jay Courtney. Jay Courtney. Yeah. My boy, Jay Courtney. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, I don't know. There's some. This could be fun. I like Stephen Dwarf in a cop outfit. I, I like that. Oh, um, that uh, old Henry movie. He, he plays a good Canadian cowboy. He oh. plays a pretty solid Canadian cowboy in that. It's an hour and a half. I mean... Kyle, are we... I know we started way. this conversation saying we're not going to be covering this franchise. Are we going to be covering this franchise? Uh, I don't think so. I think I'm just. this is going to be my own leisure time. I'm going to watch Leatherface. Yeah, because I kind of got the itch where I'm like, I don't think any of these movies is going to ask very much of me. And I, like I said, I do have a background with 
slasher trash. Like, yeah. I could totally see myself just watching <laughs> these and thinking they're all fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, it's fine. Well, what the, we, the fuck's wrong with you people? We had Scream 5 on deck, so we could, I mean, we could continue with this or we can do screen five yeah uh, i i would not object to, to either course of action it's but your choice um, though um what i was getting at though was uh we we have limited experience with the franchise um yeah but just from that first movie um we did see jesus fucking christ <laughs> um we did have an, an instance of bodies made being made into art projects oh you didn't catch that yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that. Yeah, there's there's a, a really grisly close up, um, really well well shot sequence with like dust blowing by. It's like a, at a graveyard, and there's a, a couple of bodies stacked up on top of each other, and it looks like a diorama or something. Okay, but I think that that was attributed to the hitchhiker, not Leatherface. Oh, okay. Because yeah, the dad the yeah. dad is like kicking him over there. He's like, "Why the fuck do you do that?" Like the news found it. Like yeah. they're talking about us. They're gonna find us. Easy. I can see him being the more artistic one. So maybe they like, I got push that over onto Leatherface because that character, the hitchhiker character, I don't know if he even came back because I know he's probably not in the second one. I think yeah. what Chop Top became the I, I will, front and center character in that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Dog will hunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Bill Mosley. <laughs> Uh, Rob Zombie crew. Oh, once we, once we, I think this, this is the year we're going to dive into it for October. You, you're going to watch those movies and you're like, oh my God, this is just Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like those movies, basically. I mean, I've seen a few of them, not all of them, but, um, anyway, that there is precedent is what I'm getting at. Okay. Um, but I did notice that Sally Hard doesn't pick up the police radio. No. It's like, I mean, she is the ultimate badass, but pick up the radio like like it's like leaving a hanging phone like somebody wants to talk to you like what is mel's plan to get out of this house because this didn't make any sense to me so she's getting out of the bedroom she's in that or she's underneath the bed so she's going to take the keys she does that quietly is leather in the in the room by the stairs is that why the blocking of the orphanage stuff is a little frustrating in this movie it's only 81 minutes long so it never totally drags but when she's hiding under that bed, it feels like she's there for a third of the movie. It does feel for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, he's, I think, he is upstairs, but he's just in a different room, and she slips out from under the bed, and yeah, so, very cleverly, the way she tries to go down the stairs. That's, that's what I was, I'm like, why is she going down there? It makes more sense, because the, he's, I didn't realize he was in the room at the, down by the stairs. Yeah. That's why she's going over the side. Well, it's noisy. Yeah, it's a very noisy house. Yeah, it's a very creaky house, so she, instead of going down the stairs, she just eases over and stands on the banister and is trying to, like, go down without impacting as many steps. But, of course, he just, like, pops out and he's like, Hi. Hammer. (laughs) He throws the hammer. It's it's fucking Mjolnir. He just... (laughs) (laughs) It's it's hilarious. She just, yeah, falls back. She breaks through the floorboards. He just goes, (laughs) Hadouken! Yeah, he's like, stay there, I'm going to go grab my chainsaw. Yeah, Um, I'll murder you momentarily. (laughs) uh, I know it's for dramatic effect, but I'm like, this this sequence made no sense to me. It's... It's far. It's very far fetched. It's very. This far-fetched. is the strongest chainsaw ever made. And he has the best vision. Actually, he is looking through a mask, and he knows exactly where she is. Yeah, before. it's 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 it's, it's very contrived. Like it, it's purely just for excitement and tension. But it, it's like 
what? There is something in here. Yeah, so he's he's basically like running the. She's like running underneath the floor, and he's like knows exactly where she is with the chainsaw. And again, it is the strongest chainsaw known to man. Yeah, it's got diamond blades. Yeah. No, <laughs> no uh, to to make a video game reference, you won't get. This is a quick time event where basically you're watching a movie and buttons flash on the screen and you have to hit them fast enough okay. and if you fail then the chainsaw goes into your brain and you have to start over okay so it's a series of quick time events for mel who it's not her time yet so of course she yeah she's an ace on the quick time so he's sawing uh, everything and he manages to hit the sewer pipe or like this the drainage uh, meanwhile, uh, we get a fucking Jaws moment where the the chainsaw's chasing. Her. Yeah, it's literally chasing her like Jaws. <laughs> it's like the shark's fin. Uh, but Lila figures out that she's outside the the, the house. Like she, Lila's outside and she's like helping her get out. But before that, hits the drainage pipe and she gets douched with fucking. With... She never quite cleans it off. Too. No, no. And I was I, expecting people on that bus. Exactly. I'm like nobody says a fucking word. It's disgusting. I would have puked on the spot. I actually probably just would have let him kill me at that point. Like that's that. I'm not. I can't handle that shit. Or, or just like hang out in the rain for a minute. Just, like just yeah, just, get, yeah. just run your hands. You can run and just yeah, wipe that out. Yeah, yeah. Just, just give me a minute. Just <laughs> it's not like a little bit. Like her head is just completely doused. Baby. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, uh, but she, she gets out of the rain and they run to the bus. And I yeah, again, I thought they were like, oh my god, these like shit. Like I, honestly, yeah. I, I I was shocked that no one. Not even a single extra said anything. Yeah, like, people are just like dancing in the back, and you nobody. You smell even, like you ass. smell awful. You smell like butt brown. <laughs> uh, I this okay now. This is uh, a scene. This is a sequence that I wish we would have focused on a little bit more of the individual kills. But okay. um, I this is kind of a fun sequence. Um, so yeah, leather. Uh, the one girl, I guess, I don't know. The one girl saw what happened to Dante, and she's like, yeah. "Everybody needs to stay on the bus." I wasn't sure who this was. I think she's like an administrator for the event. Uh, <laughs> she's, yeah, she's an administrator. She's fucking twenty-two. Yeah. Well, the point is, she like she stands out from the crowd. She has dialogue. She has some sort of connection to Mel and and Dante, and. I think she was like setting up the the tour group or something. I, she might have been the real estate broker. Yeah, probably. I think, I think she she worked for the bank. That's what it was. She she okay. worked for the bank. That's okay. what it was. Well, anyway, we did have a sequence earlier where she was urging Lila to stay on the bus because the bus can't move because they don't have the keys. Yeah. But but she's basically like Dante just bought it. Um, we all gotta stay on the bus and it's raining out anyway and everybody's boozing in the back so nobody's aware that there's something bad happening. Mm-hmm. But she tells she's like vehemently telling Lila like you gotta stay on the bus and of course she doesn't. Yeah. Um. She immediately finds Dante by the way. Um. But uh, Mel comes back. Lila saved her from weather. Um. And they get back on the bus and they give the keys to the driver and immediately they're like, we gotta go. Uh, so the bus starts moving um, and then let, we, there's this cool shot of Leatherface in an alleyway watching it go by and he charges after the bus as it passes and then it's never explained why they stopped the bus. Presumably he hit like a tire or something with the chainsaw. I don't yeah, know. He turns into a video game character on the last leg of this movie um, because he just starts appearing and disappearing for no reason. Um, yeah, he's, he's, like a he's, he's one of those video game characters that if you're not looking at him, 
the the way the game is programmed is the, they can place him wherever. Yeah, he just so gotta... as, as, as soon as the camera's not facing him, he can teleport anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> and then he has like like he's like doing stuff, and then he'll just like go into. He's like, I'm gonna go into the orphanage now. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He's got fast travel. He has got ADHD. He cannot he cannot stick to a task. It's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, he got multiple health bars too. By the way, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the driver's like, I want to go check it out. She's like, no, motherfucker, what are you doing? And then we don't hear anything, but we just get, like, the movie Fear, we just get a dog, like, the dead dog's <laughs> head just into the door. We just get this dude's head rolls in, yeah. and this girl just kind of, like, backs into the bus, and Leather makes his entrance into the bus. Yeah, and it needs to be said, the, the bus has the... Uh the neon lighting that's so fashionable with the kids these days. Mm-hmm. Um, also very helpful to rendering gore effects because it, it hides details, obscures, you know, the uglier bits of the effects you're trying to render. But the sequence was so entertaining that I didn't take any notes. No. Like I, I was like, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be writing while I'm watching this because there's too much cool shit happening. This <laughs> is like predator to him on the train. It's just letting him work. Like he, 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 to make this, just to describe what happens, he runs through this whole bus of maybe what 20, 25 people. Yeah, he just he just completely puts him to takes him into pieces. It's pretty great. Yeah, I know the bit that kicks off the sequence uh, earned the ire of, of the internet, um, where they all hold up their cell phones. Yeah. and they, there's no way they've got fucking service out there. I'm I not, was about to say, yeah, you're not live seven streaming. hours from Austin. You do anything, you're gonna get canceled. I'm like. He was never in our good graces, so why would he get canceled? Yeah, and does he look like he cares? Does he look... He's wearing a human skin. Yeah, and he probably smells it's pretty a, bad. It's a really bad... It's it's the I think the worst line I think I've heard from like a, a movie um, that's otherwise pretty good is in Black Panther where she goes, What are those? It's a fucking Jake, it's a Jake Paul quote. And I'm like... I, I know that quote. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Otherwise, good movie. I'm like, fuck off for that well, line. I mean, X-Men 3 had... Oh, I'm the juggernaut, bitch! Yeah, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> that... Yeah. Yeah, that's not great. That's not great. Yeah, you're you're going to get canceled, bro. You could have done... You could have just been like, whoa, what is this with my phone? And I, then... I will argue this. Um, the way they use the phones in that sequence, it's a... It's interesting. I don't. I don't know how effective it is. Well, because they're they're live casting it, mm-hmm. and then you get to see a POV from the camera's lens of him starting the massacre, the titular Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, and you get to see like, uh, if you read the comments scrolling by, one of them says, "Looks so fucking fake." Oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, in reality, yes, that probably would be exactly how that plays out, and yes, somebody would definitely be filming that. Right. Maybe not all of them. But somebody would. Yeah, no. And it, it's a shitty thing, but it's also like, yeah, that's the world we live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there there's some pretty juicy fucking kills here. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, we get you get. What's really cool about this is it, it comes back to Indiana Jones and that truck sequence, where mm-hmm. using every part of the animal, where where it's like if you have a truck. And you have talented stunt people and storyboard artists working on that. It's Under, like, over, in yes, front. It's yeah. like, we, what can we do with the yeah. truck? And then if you give them enough time and they're all talented enough, you get that. We get, and here it's like, if we have a guy on a bus with a chainsaw and a bunch of people who can't get even past him, yeah. 
what is he going to do to him? And it's like, well... Whatever the fuck he wants. Stay tuned for the next three minutes. You'll yeah. find out. Uh, <laughs> nobody makes it out alive. But our two, uh, Mel and Lila, get to the to the bathroom. Um, and then we get another... Uh, okay, so I was thinking, we get Shining, Predator 2, we get Shining again. Yeah, um, roll it back for just a second just to highlight some of the kills. Cause oh, yeah. We get numerous delimmings. Um, we get a really interesting sequence that it's there very intentionally and this was what i was alluding to earlier about potentially like a a dropped plot line not dropped but just like in terms of screen time cut down it was a lila and the high school shooting thing Mm. so she is laying on the ground it also helps that she's really tiny so like she's a low priority for the guy with the chainsaw Mm -hmm. like she can hide behind other people and stuff um a dude gets like eviscerated he gets like slashed in half like mm. like uh the jason muse look-alike from uh freddy versus jason <laughs> um, oh like like at an angle yeah like think he looks uh, like the t-1000 the t-1000 yeah, yeah. at like with the with the bar yeah like when he gets the, the steel bar put through his midsection um yeah. yeah very much so um he's laying on the ground and they're making eye contact mm. so she's reliving the the previous trauma in addition to the current trauma this girl's gonna need a lot of therapy um we have probably a uh, a nod to texas chainsaw massacre 2 where he impales a dude and uh impales a girl with the dude and the chainsaw where there's that sequence where he's like using his chainsaw as a dick mm. in the second movie where it's like it's an extension of his his personhood yeah um we get that uh, we get um the the bank lady um, she gets it in the spine. Like that, that was pretty. Half. That was very well co- coordinated. Where she's attempting to crawl out through the window, and we get this tracking shot of her. We actually get her top half going out the window, but Leatherface gets to her and goes straight down her spine, and he, her top half falls out the window. Yeah. And we see actual viscera hanging out the window, which is not something you get in American movies very often. Yeah. Guts are not a thing that's in every movie. Should be. Uh, should be should be child death and guts yeah. <laughs> viscera it's it it's effective uh, yeah. but yeah the girls they hide in the bat the bathroom mm-hmm. um and the corkscrew comes into play yeah um mel uh uses the corkscrew that was purchased for her again fear they did that she does the same thing in fear i think she gets the she gets the guy with the corkscrew i only know what you've told me about that movie but that's evil marky mark right yeah it's worth watching i, I, I would totally watch it yeah like you've told me about it a few times so mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they stab uh, Leather in the arm, and I've always thought that like Leatherface strikes me as the kind of person that doesn't like being harmed. Yeah, I I always like that. Well, because his, his he doesn't have like a like Michael Myers is like occasionally you'll hear him breathing, mm-hmm. but beyond that, like meh. Jason mute for the most part. Leather's always like meh, meh. he's like making pig noises and stuff. He seems like he seems like he's probably very weak. If, if you hit him back, maybe. Well, that's kind of my theory of, like, um, people who are really good at fighting, but I have a theory <laughs> that people who are really good at, like, sword fighting. How do you be really good at sword fighting? You don't get hit. Like, you don't you, you don't get nicked. But I was watching uh, Kill Bill, where she fights Lucy Liu at the end, and uh, Lucy Liu was, like, she was, like, a prodigy, basically. Like, she was uh, a badass assassin. And she gets into a fight with uh, Beatrice... Uh, yeah, but never... With, uh, I didn't want to say her name. <laughs> I never really want to say her name in the movie. Beatrice but, Kiddo. Yeah. But she gets sliced and there's that moment where she's like, fuck. 
Like, yeah. this, this is real. Like, like, she's actually has pain. I'm like, oh, that's probably because she's never really actually been sliced well, up movie, before. movie that Kyle just watched the other night, Gladiator. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. When Maximus is gravely wounded going into that fight, but as soon as, like, if you look at, there's that sequence where Joaquin Phoenix is sparring, mm-hmm. and his form is impeccable. He's yeah. fighting three dudes at once. He looks great. As soon as he gets hit back. Yeah. Mm-mm. This is real. He's like, oh. This guy's playing for keeps. Yeah. <laughs> this like, guy's not on the payroll. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, Leather is a big dude. He probably hasn't been. He hasn't been harmed at all. So I yeah. mean, that that would be actually a different way of approaching the choreography of that scene with Richter. Where Richter slugs him. Mm-hmm. Just have him like, Argh! Yeah, that would be kind of funny. And then he's like, what? And, yeah. then, and then he like swings at him and like bashes his knee or something where it's like unexpected. And it's yeah. just like, whoa. Hang on, what the, what just happened here? Did I just hit a kid? Yeah. Like, is he just really big? Mentally, <laughs> I believe he is. Yeah, yeah. A, a day, again, not this Leatherface. Yeah. This Leatherface, is a he's a superhero. Yeah. We are meant to be... Yes. Yay, he did leather. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, they use the corkscrew to stab him in the forearm, and then they escape through the roof of the bus... Um, and then Sally Hardesty rolls into town. Dude, this is fucking stupid. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, this is Evil Dies Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, this is totally Evil Dies Tonight. But, I mean, they they always do this in movies on purpose to drive uh, the viewers nuts. It's like, so she gets the girls into the back and she's like, it's Leatherface. And she's like, he's just after you guys. Uh, I'm going to go try to take care of this. And I'm like, what the fuck? And she leaves them in the back of a car that they can't get out of. They're, like, stuck in the back. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so, again, I, my gut reaction to this was that this is fucking stupid. Yeah. But as we've been talking, I'm, like, starting to piece it together. And it's like, I, I think if if these if these filmmakers are to be held, like, in high regard, like, if we are praising them, if, if I'm right in my suspicions, I think it's all highly intentional. Mm. Because I did say that, you know, this genre tends to be very trendy. It's not uncommon to have imitators and whatnot. But I think it's more complex than that. I think they are playing with audience expectations mm-hmm. and n- knowing full well that the people who saw Halloween Kills and Halloween 2018, ha- those people would be interested in this movie. Yes, very much. So the expectation is like, oh, they're just doing that thing again. But here we have the Sally Hardesty character rolling up, and it's like, oh, she's she's not she's not gonna do what Jamie Lee Curtis did. Like like, on paper, she, her character kind of serves a similar pur- purpose, but she's grossly ineffective and also misguided. Yeah, like she's not very good at what she's trying to do, but she has that grand entrance of like being like the hero that's about to save the day. Trevor, she's downright terrible at what she's trying to accomplish. Oh, god awful. <laughs> um, but also it's like. I, it's I don't know like the the Captain Ahab trope where it's like she's she's chasing her white whale in the form of Leatherface and she's she's blinded by her her desire to eliminate him. Well, it kind of so so she goes into the orphanage upstairs and Leather is just like he's having like a little bit of an emotional moment right now. He's just sitting on the bed. He's got a ton of blood all over him. <laughs> he just killed a lot of people. <laughs> he's um, tired. He needs a sandwich. He needs a sandwich and a Gatorade. Um, but she Orange just, slices. Yeah. She gets the drop on him. She's at point blank rage with a shotgun and she's like, you remember me? And he's just like, he doesn't even like give her like, he doesn't really acknowledge her at first. But 
you can see like she has the opportunity to shoot him and she starts shaking mm-hmm. and it, it kind of makes sense like the last time she saw this dude she was very much traumatized so it would, it's kind of an interesting take to have her like choke up but it, I think it would have been more effective if he just would have taken care of her there instead of how the next like the next part of this works out yeah I, I don't know um, I feel like she I feel like she needed to have a couple more minutes of screen time just so she could have a conversation with Lila. Yeah. It is pretty fucking stupid that she says, you're going to stay here until I kill him. It's like, so what if you don't? Yeah, exactly. And uh, what if he like doesn't find us? Yeah. Are we going to starve in the back of this vehicle? Well, then she comes back down and she's like, get the fuck out of here now. Yeah. It's like, lady, you're all over the place. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is almost identical to Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween 2018 where they have a similar conversation where it's like, there's there's that expectation that it will have meant as much to him as it did as it does to me, and Leatherface is like, "Lady, I done a lot of killing just tonight. <laughs> like I don't remember you." I think the comedy is even better in this movie. Uh, I, if it's un if it's unintentional, fine. If it's intentional, it was it was done really well. Uh, do you remember that scene in the 2018 one where she? Michael Myers is loose and she breaks into her daughter's house and they don't know that she's in there and she just comes around bang you're dead <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah that was funny pretty funny yeah um, but there's yeah. there's a couple of funny beats coming up that I just wanted yeah. to point out um, but yeah uh, she uh, she goes out to the street because he runs out there to go for the kids mm-hmm. like he wants the kids in the in the car also she she names all of her friends that he killed on the Polaroid, and I've told you this before. Franklin deserved to die. He needed to die. <laughs> he was kind of so annoying. Yeah, he was incredibly annoying. He was Sally, Sally. Very similar to the uh, the kid from the beginning of Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, where it's like, yeah, that kid was annoying. They even look kind of similar. <laughs> he had it coming. He had it coming. Um, but yeah, Sally shoots leather like in the shoulder area with the shotgun. Oh, by the way, uh, something I when I was asking about what you thought of Sally, a big thing that I was curious about was the way that first movie ended. I was under the assumption that she lost her goddamn oh, yeah, mind. Yeah, no, she she was she lost it. Uh, I feel like she would be like in an asylum somewhere. That's, that's yeah. what I thought the end of that story was: is that she escaped bodily, but psychologically. Nobody's coming back from that psychologically. That, yeah. She was through the ringer in that movie. Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought the implication was. I was fucked up when I found out that those people in the chairs weren't dead. Like, yeah, when, when Grandpa yeah. moved, I yeah. was like, oh, oh shit. Yeah, it's, like, like, <laughs> it's like seven. It's like, oh my god, he's alive? I was like, oh, Grandpappy's alive. I didn't expect that. You're not coming back from that. <laughs> You're done. Um, but yeah, this is where she gives the kids the keys. Yeah. So she changed her fucking mind real fast. Oh, um and I actually really liked the the choreography of this. Um, again, they really do a good job of making Leatherface look cool. And Kyle had actually asked me, Halloween Kills versus this one. Mm. I think I like this one better. Yeah. Because it knows what it is. It's not trying to reinvent the wheel. It's giving you the goods. It's like, we're, we're making a movie that makes Leatherface look fucking cool. Yeah. And the way it's lit, and the way it's shot, uh, the spared no expense element of the gore effects and mm-hmm. stuff... I think it's a much more pleasant film to look at. It doesn't feel cheap at any point, except for maybe the ugly sky in one shot. It's actually written better. 
Halloween Kills is oh, it's so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Now he's turning us into monsters. Oh my god, evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Ugh. Yeah, I think I like this one better. Yeah. And a lot of it comes down to production. Like, just, it looks nicer. Like, it, it looks well-considered from, like, a lighting and an editing standpoint. An important thing, I think, in this movie is there's not as much people talking... I think Halloween Kills, too many people are talking. Too many, <laughs> so it's way too much dialogue in like, that what movie. What you're doing is this. Yeah. What I want you to do is this. this. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I like the, the, the choreography of, of this brief confrontation that Sally has with him, where she's an idiot. No, she, yeah. she should have shot him in the fucking face yeah. when she had the chance. In the face! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, we get this confront, confrontation in the middle of the streets, and by the way, the rain has stopped. And I... Uh, we hear the chainsaw like bouncing off the buildings mm. so it's like where is he we don't fucking know again nothing that big should move that fast no but we get this really cool bit where he's hiding in an alley that's shrouded in darkness and through the sound cue of the chainsaw we know he's in there but he's fast yeah and she's scared and he runs he just bum rushes her yeah and he gets lucky, basically. They both... She gets unlucky, he gets lucky. Because mm. he runs straight at her. He's not serpentine. He's, yeah. he's not doing any <laughs> shuffle steps or nothing. Hard hit moving target, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Leatherface isn't big on feints. <laughs> like, no. you, you're gonna see it coming. He's coming at you like a goddamn linebacker. Like, he is, yeah, going, he's, for he's three, the, he he's is doing, going for the sack. Yeah, he's doing the three-point <laughs> stance. He's letting you know, spare! 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 Hike it! Hike it! <laughs> Offside. Constantly. Oh, he's been offsides constantly. constantly. <laughs> Unnecessary roughness and offsides. Uh, <laughs> unnecessary roughness. Yes. Uh, but yeah, he charges out from the darkness and she shoots, but it hits the chainsaw, mm. the invincible chainsaw, mm -hmm. which of course we know is unbreakable. Yeah. So it ricochets off of that, and then he just hauls it up over his head, and uh, they have a little melee here where he's trying to get at her with the chainsaw, and she manages to. Like, he knocks the shotgun out of her hand, but she pulls a knife and, like, stabs him in the gut, but... Yeah, she gets that side stab. It does. It doesn't even phase him. Well, he has that, that primordial fat, yeah. you know? It, it, he has, he has like, George Foreman belly, where he's, it's like... It, it, there's, he, he has kingpin bod. He's just like, it's like he, looks, he looks like he's fat, but there's a lot of muscle under that fat. He's Val Kilmer in the latter half of the Doors movie. <laughs> so there's some blubber to absorb that blade. It's a very short blade, so it's, it's conceivable it wouldn't impact his, his yeah. vital organs. Touche. Um, but then, uh, Kyle, do you want to... Let oh, us know how dude. how Sally makes her exit. He just he throws this chainsaw into her stomach and he lifts her over his head and is running out like that is Evil Dead awesome. Yeah, Evil Dead remake, but with a person that's strong enough to hoist the body above their head. It's fantastic. Yeah, and the cherry on top, the oh, chef's kiss is he chucks her. Chucks her. <laughs> he fucking throws her like <laughs> the disrespect. It's so disrespectful. It's just I mean, I feel like at this point, if Michael Myers actually gets to kill Laurie Strode, like he would actually like, like set her down gently and like close her yeah. eyes really nice. Like no, he's like I don't, well, I couldn't care less about this person. I mean, I don't know when that next one's due out. Probably next year. This year, I think it's this year. It's set for this. I'm year. actually looking forward to that because that second one was a shit show. Yeah, and I, I am invested. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait till that third Boondock Saints comes. <laughs> you and me both. Oh, um, but yeah, he he chucks her. Onto a pile of and garbage. <laughs> what's amazing is she doesn't die here, which is 
kind of nuts because even if I'm not dead, I'm going to play dead at this point. I know, just stay down. Just I'm just going to stay down. <laughs> just stay down. Don't move. Yeah, but the girls, they uh, start the vehicle, the truck, and they, they charge at him, and he he tomahawks. Yeah. He chucks this this, this chainsaw at the windshield, <laughs> bounces off, and uh, they crash into Richter's garage. Yeah. Uh, it's no longer Victor's garage because he dead. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is some this is some real comedy here. Um, this is where uh, so Mel tells Lily, "You got to get out of here. You got to go." Because Lily, I think she's got like a a, a, a rod to her leg. Yeah. Um, she's like, "You got to get out of here. You got to save yourself," or something like that. She gets out of there, um, and then Leather comes up. And Speaking of Terminator 2. It gets even more, yeah, it gets even more. No, time. I mean, that's Sarah Connor. John, you yeah. have to run. She's literally impaled with the, yeah. Yeah, John, run now. Run. <laughs> um, but she's sitting here, like, kind of crying. She's like, I'm really sorry for what we did to your mom. It was fucked up. I fucked up. <laughs> and then off screen, like, they're just, like, they have her face, and she's just kind of like, it, it's the part where it's like, he's going to make his move. And you just hear the chainsaw start, and her eyes just kind of close. Like, oh, that was actually really funny. Um, <laughs> but Lily comes up. Lily comes up, and does she shoot at him or throw something at him? No, what? she calls out to him. She calls out. He just turns and just fucking sprints after her. I mean, it's so funny. <laughs> like he just drops what he's doing immediately. It's how quickly he moves. It's so. Fu- it's like Tom Cruise sprinting. Like how quickly he's. Yeah, I, I need to point out. I should have said this up top. Mark Burnham uh, portrays Leatherface in this film, and I thought from his physical performance was terrific. Yeah, I thought he nailed it. Yeah, um, for what was asked of him. Like be a badass slasher dude with shaggy hair that moves too big, moves too fast for how big he is. Like yeah. he did, he did everything that was asked of him. I would be more than happy to see him return to the role. Yeah, um, it's funny actually. My my dad taught me who Leatherface was when I, when he was in the old one, Gunnar Hansen. Oh, uh, I don't know why my dad needed to tell me that when I was a child, but that was a thing that was told to me in my youth. I think the actor who did the remake, the twenty, the 2000s one, uh, I think he was a good Leatherface. Yeah, I'll actually have to look up who that is, because I was actually trying to find out, because I was curious. But... I have to rewatch that. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I feel like people bash on it too much. But, um, yeah, um, so... but yeah, so what happens with uh, Lila is uh, she retrieves Richter's rifle. Mm-hmm. And she calls out to him, and the safety's on. Or it's not loaded. Yeah. One, one of the two. It's probably the safety. Yeah. And and as Kyle said, Leather's like... <laughs> <laughs> um, and he bum-rushes her, and she, the face she makes, she's just like, oh, it got yeah. real really fast. Yeah. And there's actually a nice little chase here, where he charges out, and she runs out into the streets. And the way the camera's pulled all the way back feels very reminiscent of that first film, where it... It's no glamour. It's just a big scary man in an apron with a chainsaw chasing yeah. a tiny lady. Yeah. And it looks as stupid as it sounds. Or it, it, but also the important thing is that he is catching up to her. Yeah. <laughs> like he is fucking fast. Leg power, dude. <laughs> and uh, of all of all things, uh, Sally Hardesty saves her. Yeah, uh, I was surprised. Uh, actually, there was a dude in. Uh, uh, we had three guys that were gonna race each other, and the two the two guy two of them were like pretty like skinny like long legs like they were gonna be pretty fast. The other guy was 
a little shorter, but he was very, very muscular. Like, just, like, very, very beefy. He was a football player. And he's just like, I'm going to beat you guys. No problem. And we're like, dude, you're weight. Like, he weighed, like, 50 pounds more than them. And, like, these guys are going to smoke you. And he, it wasn't even, a, it wasn't even close. It was like Usain Bolt, just like, just like looking back at everybody while he's running. We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he got back, and he's like, leg power. <laughs> like, that's what's, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes more sense. So yeah, he's gaining on her because this dude is heavy as shit, and yeah, he's got some powerful trunks on him. Shit. This girl weighs ninety pounds. Oh yeah, no joke. She probably does. No. But um, so Hardesty saves her by shooting leather, I think, in the shoulder. Um, yeah, she she clips him in the shoulder. I yeah, think. and the the rifle is knocked from Lila's arm, so she doesn't have that anymore. But she retrieves it. But um, and this is where they have that dialogue exchange where uh, Leather runs into a nearby theater, um, mm-hmm. and Lila goes to talk to Sally, who is of course dying. She yeah. has a chainsaw sized hole in her midsection. Yeah. She should be dead by now, by all rights, but. Um, this is where she tells her you can't run like he'll haunt you forever mm. um, so it's again playing on the, the parallels between the two characters where it's like you you have this thing that you'd very oh my god mm. no you, I just looked up who portrayed Leatherface in the 2003 Kane Hodder no uh. but someone we both love and someone we Someone who shows up in the most unexpected of places. He's enormous. Kevin Nash. No, that's too big. Okay. And also, he's he's got bad knees. Okay. Like he he doesn't have the the leg power. Oliver he, Platt. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the right head size. He wears he's the, got right, the height. He's yeah. he's a big dude. He's a big dude. He's got he has this, the right hat size. But Andrew Brynarski. Oh no, kidding. No kidding. No wonder he was so good. Andrew fucking Brynarski. Man, he's one of my favorite big guy actors. He top tier, man. Yeah, like, he is top like, tier. Like, like if we're gonna make a top like a, a tier list of big dudes in cinema, he's on that list, man. Yeah. He is a top tier big dude. He's funny as fuck too. Yeah. He's great in uh, any given Sunday. Yeah. Um you'll find him, folks. You'll know exactly who yeah. he is. A- Andrew Brynarski. Look oh. him up, folks. You 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 will not be disappointed. Okay, so Dad, Dad go. <laughs> Save yourself. Yeah. Look up his filmography. <laughs> Um, it's diverse. It is diverse. <laughs> so, who tackles who into the pool? Ah, so uh, Leather if, tackles her, and I was like, sense. I was like, that's it. She's done. That's it. <laughs> like that's I, the end of that. I watched Jared Allen tackle Johnny Knoxville, and Johnny Knoxville is a grown man, and I thought he was dead. Like after that, and I'm like. Leatherface weighs about as much, if not more, than Jared Allen. Yeah. Uh, and this tackle, like, he killed this girl. <laughs> I know there's precedent for this in the in the franchise of uh, Leatherface setting up traps and stuff. I think that was a big thing in the remake. Um, no, that was also uh, Jason Voorhees in the remake. Uh, he was big on setting traps and shit. He had, like, bear traps and, and yeah. like, Boy Scout shit. I remember that. Uh, I think Leatherface does that occasionally, too. But here, he, he makes a diversion trap. Yeah. Where he he props up his his chainsaw in a corner, and then he's not there. So she's stalking him in this empty theater with the rifle, and uh, he charges out from some corner, and he fucking tackles her into a pool of water. Got him, coach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that's what I was just like. Done, dude. Yeah, she's we're dead. done. Yeah, she's dead. But like, that's I, it. I don't understand. Like, so she manages to get out of the 
pool? Yeah, she comes up first. And he jumps out of this pool like a fucking dolphin. Like, (laughs) 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 I've seen hockey players that uh, jump out of pools and, like, they can't even get, like, this far out of the water. He leaps out of the water. It's awesome. The the vertical leap on this man. It's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, Brock Lesnar's entrance in wrestling, he, he hops up onto the apron. Like oh, he, really? he just squats in front and he hops up and I was like, dude, that's like 260 just doing that. Yeah. Like if he slips a little, that's it for Brock. <laughs> there's there's videos of this uh like 250 pound bodybuilder who I've seen. This is the highest backflip I've ever seen. I'll find it, but it's incredible. <laughs> it's one of it's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm like, how is he doing it? The tuck and the rope takes you. Whew. Um but yeah, he he just like bursts out through this pool and he tries to drag her back into it. Uh, and he, she somehow gets away from him. I don't exactly remember how, but um, we get this hilarious moment. Anytime, anytime Leatherface throws things at people in this movie, I just start chuckling. Mm. Um, that hammer throw, man, that that, li- that lives really that lives for free. Yeah, like, li- yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> she takes it like a champ. I, was too. At, I just watched Hellboy and Hellboy Two. It's the guy from Hellboy Two with the chain <laughs> chain fist. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, but he, uh, he takes the chainsaw and she's like running across the room and he, he yeah. like bowling balls her with it. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's like using his butt to like move over, move over. Yeah. No, he, he skids it across the floor. He, he like launches it at her and it clips her in the leg and it knocks her down. I don't think the blade hits her, but part of a, a heavy metallic object hits her in the calf. With enough force. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big guy. Um, and then we go into raggedy slow mo, which is always a, a big no no for me. I really don't like that that stroby slow mo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and then my note says here Mel's got the sleeper locked in <laughs> <laughs> because Mel freed herself from the vehicle somehow from the garage, and go she's sleep, she's, she's just got the sleeper. She got the rear naked choke locked in. She's hanging off of this big guy's back, and she's just whispering in his ear, "Go sleep, go sleep, go sleep. Shh, yeah. shh, 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 just let it happen. Shh." Yeah. And he's not having it. He's thrashing around, and uh, Lila. Uh, gets the rifle, or no, it's the shotgun, I think. It's a shotgun. Yeah, she gets Sally's shotgun, and she shoots him. Like, again, not quite in a vital organ. It makes sense. She's not. She hadn't really shot before. Yeah. Um, it's a big target, though. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but she shoots him, and Kyle, T2, uh, you said that there was some explicit references to Terminator 2. I don't know how you could not see that. This, this. is... <laughs> James Cameron has a suit against this movie for this. I mean, he's got to fund Avatar 5, man. Yeah. Like, he's just like, I'm going to pick up... This. If I get desperate, I could pick up this phone, and I can sink your whole production company and fund my next production. Seriously, because she's literally like, pump, poof, pump, trying to shoot at him. <laughs> yeah, she gets, I think she has like three, and then it ends. Uh, Click. Yeah. And she... She look. It's actually kind of interesting because, like, the facial expression she's making when she's shooting him, she looks like she's having a good time. Yeah. I mean, makes sense. I mean, we did have the ending of the first one where she is basically manic, it's like, lethargic, probably. Well, I'm just like this. This whole situation is insane. I, yeah. You can't help but chuckle just a little bit. It's like my, my lady friend. She got hit with a fucking hammer. <laughs> did you see that? That was fucking hilarious. She got poop on her head. She's gonna move in with her dad. I think she says I'm gonna move back. She in does. With dad. She does say that. So yeah, I, I still think it's sister. I thought they were 
a couple. It's fine. That's what I thought, but it's never explained, um, as far as I understand. But, um, yeah, she pumps some rounds into him, and then we get a click, and it just so happens, just like Terminator 2, Leatherface is standing. He's doing the, the arm windmills. Yeah. Like he's about to fall backwards into the pool of water, but then he doesn't get the chance to do the uh-uh-uh, the no. Dikembe Mutombo finger. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Lila runs out of ammunition, and in the nick of time, uh, Mel Goku's the fuck out. She goes Super Saiyan, and she uppercuts him. She uppercuts him. That's how she gets him. She, she Ryukens him, him yeah. or Tiger uppercuts him with the chainsaw right on the kisser, right on chainsaw the chainsaw uppercut. I was trying to say cathartic, not lethargic. Cathartic. You heard it, folks. Sorry, yeah. I needed to say on, like on I the fly. Saying correction. the wrong word. Uh, yeah, she gets him with a chainsaw uppercut, and he's like, "Oh, that's good enough." Right. <laughs> Yeah, and the the way this is shot, what the reason I said she Goku's out is like we get a ah! like she makes a primal scream face and it's all super slow motion. We get an overhead glamour shot of her uppercutting him with the blade of the chainsaw, and yes, he falls into the water and then sinks. And they watch him go down and then they head back out to the car and it's now daytime. Yeah. It's- it's daytime. They're not tired at all. They're going to get into the Tesla, and they're going to... She still has poop on her head, but Yeah, way. she does. She's not washed that out. It's like, this is leather. Leather interior, lady. Yeah. Like, it's probably not her, it's probably not her car, either. No, but, you know. not <laughs> uh, Yeah, they get into the Tesla, and they're like, yeah, we're going to go back to Austin, I guess. We're going to put on our shitty folk music. Which, w- which, by the way, it felt very intentional when they're riding into the town. Like, the folk music and the... the nice car and the autopilot feature it felt like a car commercial mm. it felt like one of them should be doing the, oh, <laughs> the, yeah. the wave motion with yeah. their fingers uh but this ending is pretty crazy i was not expecting this ending. i, I really like this how ending. does he get her out of the car oh this is great so the autopilot thing feels innocuous in the beginning of the movie but nothing's in a movie by accident hopefully like yeah. if you're doing it right so i was like that's interesting it's not a feature that everybody has it's a thing that's a weird thing to train the camera on so i was like yeah i wonder what they'll do with that i had no idea what they're going to do with it but i remembered that so when they turn it back on they're like talking back and forth about like yeah we're gonna go home like we survive cool 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 and then we have the way it's framed you get the sense we're leaving a lot of real estate for the like the passenger side windows of the car like when we're doing shot reverse shot of the two ladies it's like feels like someone's gonna run up on this car and it, it like it could be a, a joke like it could just be like i don't know some it could be like the heavy set guy from the truck stop like banging on the window being, are you okay and they're like yeah we're fine okay bye have a good time i was gonna say it was the real estate agent from beetlejuice i was just telling barbara about this <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could be totally something stupid like that but no uh, leatherface rolls up uh behind mel and he smashes through the passenger side window and in one quick motion yanks her out and uh, puts her on her knees in the middle of the street facing the car that's rolling slowly, rolling away from him, and he just lops her head off with a chainsaw and then holds it up. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real sand people move. Yeah. And we get this awesome moment where Lila is popped up through the sunroof, like reaching out to Mel and crying and screaming like oh my god it's happening again <laughs> your destination austin you will arrive in six hours and 59 minutes <laughs> yeah and the autopilot facilitates the drama because yeah. it, it it means that she she 
it's not driving the vehicle it's moving on, on its own and it's pulling away from the action and it's like i she's already dead there's nothing to be done yeah so it's like this character has a really grim ending yeah like psychologically yeah it's like that's fucking mean but i respect it yeah <laughs> like i really respect that i thought that yeah i thought that uh, mel was gonna make it uh mel does not make it <laughs> oh her head comes off it is, it is yeah. a trophy <laughs> off her head <laughs> off um yeah, and, and we end just like uh, with the first film, where he's just swinging his chainsaw in the air. It, I can't tell if it's celebration or maybe, or I don't know what he's expressing. I don't think but celebration is something that he really does. In the first one, it seemed like he was frustrated, mm-hmm. like people got away, and like he he knows his dad's gonna beat his ass when he gets home. Yeah, but in this one, it's like sand person like he's pretty thrilled with what he did yeah, he didn't take out he, everybody he is he, going to die of infection in a few minutes but yeah. he did win uh, but no there's a stinger at the end yes um, yes what's the stinger? so they it's a picture of him or not picture of him it's him walking with his chainsaw to this house that's just out in the middle of nowhere uh you think it could be his original house i thing? think it's his original house yeah. okay yeah, I think because he, he was, like I said, he was living with his dad before, and now he went to the orphanage. Now he's going back home to his house. Hmm. So he's just going to be out of his out of his mind even more. See, those later sequels, from what I can tell from the marketing, seemed like they were doing what this movie did, where it's like instead of a whole family to contend with, where he's just the muscle. It felt like the way that those movies were advertised, and again, I haven't seen them. It seems like they were making him a solo act. Where it's like well, we're just going to center all of all of the attention and all the action around this character. Yeah, there, I don't think there's anybody going to be at that house. So, going by that thinking, it's like it's not strange for for like if there was a sequel or something to have it just be him again. Yeah. But it it's funny like only knowing what i know about the franchise or it's like when i think of him i think of him as just an appendage like he's an underling for greater evils um but in this version it's like there's no one else like yeah. it's just him so like what the fuck is he gonna do in that house <laughs> like it's literally somebody's car is gonna break down around there well and that's the other thing is like I, i'm having trouble picturing what that would be because it, similar to the original movie it seems like his mental state he's not particularly good at being on his own like it seems like he needs a caretaker or something yeah well like, he doesn't know how to go to the qfc and buy groceries <laughs> like, well now that there's been a huge like a, a massacre at this town people like i'm sure those kids knew like it was live stream for a little bit like hey we gotta yeah. go check this out so they're gonna find the massacre and then they're gonna be looking for him like well, we have no idea where he's at and he's gonna be in this house so people are gonna be coming to that town to kind of like it's going to become not necessarily a tourist thing but people are going to be going to check it out people are going to break down in front of his house Mary mishaps ensue so well, they could do the jason goes to hell thing where do you know anything about that one no oh, that's my that was going to be one of my uh, i I, yeah. I know what you're talking about yeah. um that one uh well in that case i won't spoil exactly. it okay. <laughs> it's like, don't spoil it okay well you you folks at home who know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about um but yeah i guess that was uh the t- it's not the it's no. it's it's just texas chainsaw it's just massacre. texas chainsaw massacre god i hate these titles yeah it's like it's like i always say about the thing where it's like so we have john carpenter's the thing which is a remake of the thing from another world which in turn has which has a prequel 
also called the, the thing. thing. Yeah. So it's the the thing and the thing before the thing. It, yeah. It's a nightmare. So we have the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Probably more than one of those. I think we have more than one Texas Chainsaw Massacre because there I forgot there was a 2013 Texas Chainsaw Massacre without a number or a subtitle as well. Um, yeah, it's a fucking mess. <laughs> this franchise is a fucking mess, from what I can tell. Um, but yeah, this was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2022, directed by David Blue Garcia. Uh, the plan at the moment is to probably uh, tackle Scream 5, although over the course of this discussion, it's like, I don't know. We don't necessarily have to do that. So we're not exactly sure what we're going to do next week. But um, we have something special planned for the end of the month. If that all comes together, that would be really awesome. But in the meantime, folks at home, if you'd like to catch up on any of our uh, catching up on cinema content, you can find all of that collected on our website at catchinguponcinema.com. We also are available on the social medias, on the Instagram at catchinguponcinema and the Twitter at catchingcinema. So feel free to hit me up at either of those. Uh, And the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine, including Bitcade. So fucking Google it. Mm -hmm. That being said, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Mm